This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So the indictment against Donald Trump is so laughably bad that tons of leftist media outlets are even coming out being like, uh, this doesn't look like it's going to hold any water. Of course, conservative outlets are calling it as it is like, there's no in, there's no real crime being committed. It's beyond the statute of limitations. But even CNN has said the other day, they're like, this is completely underwhelming. Now we have Vox.com saying, is he actually going to get convicted of this? Because there's no underlying crime. Bragg said, I'm not required to present one. So there isn't one. I'm just telling you there is. How could that possibly fly? This is the weirdest thing. I mean, it reeks of desperation. But the craziest thing is that Democrats are basically just deciding to what? knock the pegs out from this country to just tear it down a little bit with these dubious charges. Or maybe Bragg is the rogue prosecutor who's embarrassing himself. But we'll talk about that. Plus, we got a few other stories. So we got uh, uh, RFK Jr. is going to run as a Democrat opposing Joe Biden. That will be interesting. And then in North Carolina, you had a Demo- you have a Democrat who just switched to the Republican Party, giving them a supermajority in the state. And yes, the left is losing their minds because they're concerned now that child sex changes and abortion will be completely banned. That's right. A veto proof majority in North Carolina. So while everyone's complaining that this ultra far left Supreme Court justice won in Wisconsin and there's reason to be upset about it, you got to look where the victories are, too. And just keep in mind, it's not all negative all the time. In North Carolina, Democrat outright said like, yo, I'm out. I'm a Republican now. So that's big. We'll see how that develops. So before we get into all that, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of Timcast IRL is brought to you by Cast Brew Coffee. Pre-order your Cast Brew Coffee today at castbrew.com. This is, of course, our coffee brand. We are launching a coffee shop currently in design and construction is underway, plus a private club on the third floor. Really excited for that. You can go to castbrew.com and order your Rise with Roberto Jr. breakfast blend available now. It will be delivered by, uh, it will ship by May 5th. So these are pre-orders. We just entered production. So uh, of course, now we are sponsoring ourselves with our own coffee brand. You can see we, uh, we have a, a rooster as our mascot. But also head over to TimCast.com, click the join us button, become a member. And not only will you get access to the uncensored members only after show, but after you sign up and become a member, you can join the Discord server. And if you've been a member for at least six months or you sign up at the $25 level, you will get access to the VIP chat section of the Discord where you can submit questions and maybe even call into the show and talk to us and our guests live in the uncensored portion. So that's the most exciting thing we've been doing lately. And now we're going to be launching this new program where every Friday, the sponsor of the show will be you, our members. So we have a new section set up where members can submit their projects, companies, and things they work on. And because the members basically already sponsor the show, we will shout out the members' projects So that was a really brilliant idea that came from the Discord community. Very excited for that. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of this is Dave Smith. What's up? Good to be back. So who are you? What do you do? Oh, you you know, Libertarian Tupac, servant of the Mises Caucus, repping the Ron Paul revolution. Oh, all right. Those are all good things. Yeah, (laughs) that's me. Yeah. This will be interesting because it's it's, uh, seeing you talk about the indictment and everything. But coming from a libertarian perspective, 
it's it's funny how they often try and just accuse you of being like a Trump supporting conservative. Yeah, I mean, like it's you know, I get it from all angles like that. I mean, I'm a sharp critic of Donald Trump. Uh, last time I was on the show, I mean, you talked a lot about that, and we kind of disagreed about it. But I convinced um, you of everything, and now you agree with me. So yeah, no, I was right. <laughs> I was right. Well, here I'll tell you something. Um, I was wrong about because as you guys know, I'm right about almost everything. Uh, but you know what I was really wrong about? I remember when they first um, uh, put the special prosecutor on Donald Trump, when Robert Mueller was first assigned to him, I was just convinced. I knew, obviously, there was going to be nothing with a Russian conspiracy because I knew that was all made up. Um, and libertarians know not to trust the CIA. But I really did think they would get him for something. I was just like, the guy was a real estate developer in New York City. He's got to have some dirt on him. You can't rent an apartment in New York City without committing at least a misdemeanor. Uh, I figured they'd find something. And it is amazing that after all of this time, they're still, they still just have to make up a non-crime <laughs> and then charge well, him with 32 counts of the same non-crime. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. So uh, uh, thanks for hanging out. This will be fun. Of course. And uh, maybe maybe there'll be an announcement later. It's unrelated. I have no idea. But uh, Hannah Claire's hanging out. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. How you doing? I am Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and uh, counter-revolutionary. And I am not Ian. He's not here. But I was going to say, and temporary Ian. Yeah, temporary <laughs> Ian. Hopefully, I will come up with uh, some 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 twenties. If you if you one. could do us a favor and randomly interrupt the conversation with non sequiturs and I talks can, of graphene, that'd be great. I can come up with some, I can come up with some Ian Ian. Stuff. You're you're going to be on talking about crystals duty. I mean, I've got them all <laughs> in front of me. You know, it. I mean, we need at least four crystal facts. Come on, have, Phil. Don't you have to like rub them on your? Oh like, yeah, head I gotta brought like my jade roller. He's rubbing Ian's crystal on his face. I can imagine Ian's watching, going like, stop. No, yeah. don't. Not that, that one, though. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> no, Phil, that one's... That's not even what that crystal does. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's pulling his hair out at home. I apologize, Ian. We Surge. got pressing on the buttons. And uh, I'm just watching all this go down. Anyways, uh, let's get started, guys. So here's the first story from National Review. Bragg's indictment even fails as an indictment. And this is a, this is a really great piece from Andrew McCarthy, who's like, what a disgrace. It's always possible to be surprised the indictment brought by Manhattan's elected Democratic District Attorney Evan Bragg against Trump is even worse than I'd imagined. And here's the important part. He says he claims that the 34 counts, which warrant 136 years in prison, are because Trump was trying to conceal another crime. What is that other crime? We don't know because Bragg says he doesn't need to present it. It just is. That's it. Now, here, here, now, look, a lot he of people orange. That's the crime. Well, he's like Trump lied in running for office. It's like about what? I don't got to tell you because it's not a requirement. That's not the point. And federal campaign contributions was a crime. And they were like, the feds did not charge him with a crime over anything. You have no jurisdiction here. He's doing it anyway. But here's what gets, here's the best part. Here's the satisfying icing on the cake. Vox.com wrote yesterday, the dubious legal theory at the heart of the Trump indictment explained. No one knows if Donald Trump can be prosecuted for the hush money payment. The actual original title of this article was, will Trump actually be convicted? They don't even think so. It's fascinating to see CNN be like, uh, there's nothing here. No new facts. It's, it's what everyone already knew. And their brag is doing it anyway. So I got to say, like, OK, you know, maybe maybe we'll end up sitting back. And what's really happening is this moron of a DA steps out from a local office and embarrasses the Democratic Party nationally. And Trump is playing the game because he knows Every step of the way, it's humiliating to them. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's really something to see, man. And you know, like as I said before, even as a sharp critic of of Donald Trump for other reasons, not like the stupid ones. Um, <laughs> but this is just look. The guy was just objectively. This is a guy who was as sitting president, framed for treason, <laughs> like framed for treason by his own deep state. Yeah. There's a, a real deal attempted coup. They all knew he was not involved in a conspiracy 100%. with Russia. Nobody at the CIA or the FBI actually believed that. None of them believed Carter Page was a Russian agent. They knew they, he was an informant for them. The CIA told the FBI that he was an informant for the CIA. And then the FBI uh, <clears throat> said on their FISA court application that the CIA corroborated that he had talked to the Russians, but they left out the part that then he came right back to the CIA and informed them of this. So this is, it is, I don't know for sure if this Soros-backed DA is like in on some grand conspiracy, he might be, but there is no question that what Donald Trump laid out in his speech last night is exactly right, that they've tried at every single turn to get him for the most ridiculous things. And like, probably like Phil, like I'd be fine if they wanted to get him for any of his real crimes that yeah. he did commit, yeah. like all presidents commit, like real violations of international law, illegal bombing of Syria, illegally starving the people of Yemen, fine, charge him for that. I'll cheer if you do. The problem is that that would implicate Joe Biden and Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and George Bush and Dick Cheney. And so they're not going to do that. And so they, they got to go after him for this stuff. I think they should. Uh, I think they should. I mean, you know, they indicted Trump and it's it's fair game now. So what I said the other day is that any conservative DA in Colorado or San, or the San Diego area, wherever Abdul Rahman Al-Awlaki lived, should there's no statute of limitations on murder. That's so true, they right. could they could indict Barack Obama for the murder of Abdul Rahman Al-Awlaki. Or even and, Anwar Al-Awlaki, for that matter, who was his father, who, look, he did, he, he was radicalized and he swore allegiance to Al-Qaeda. But when you're an American citizen, you have to be charged with the crime. And then you have to be convicted of that crime. You don't get to just say, this guy said he's with them, so I murdered him. And and the one that's more damning about Anwar Alaki in a way, even then his, his, what is his kid, 14 at the time? 16. 16. Uh, uh, yeah, I think 16. 16. Um, but the one that's more damning, you know, in a sense, is that they admitted that he was the target. So they try to pretend right. that the kid wasn't the target, yep. but they admit that Anwar Alaki was the target of that strike. So Barack Obama murdered an American citizen with no charges. Barack Obama them. murdered an American citizen and he got no charges and the deep state turns their head and all the time. I would love to have you talk with Destiny, the omni-liberal, because mm-hmm. you know what his response was when he was here? He was like, well, he's the president. He has great deference when it comes to war. Oh and I was like, not God. killing American <laughs> well, citizens. By what? In countries we are not at war with. What, by what standard does he have this? Like, w- like, what are you talking about? According to the United States uh, Constitution, the I which can is talk a mile a minute standard. Yeah, that's it's, what it's ridiculous. Has. It's it's uh, the Congress has to declare war, and so it, and all they these, haven't in like all these since World War II. Right. So all these military authorizations are completely unconstitutional. And then there's also international law, which says you can't just bomb sovereign countries. Can, can we just go back a second because you said something I think was important? Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus isn't it amazing that 
the deep state and the Democrats framed our democratically elected president as a traitor and foreign agent. The they, deep- they framed him as this. And it's like that is the normal course of action now for this country. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy. Well, the I mean, look. state framed a sitting president. Well, well say, treason. I mean, they, <laughs> I'm they also blew one's guy. brains out on national television. So it's not like well, that Tucker, new of a president. Tucker Carlson <laughs> comes um, out and he's like, did, didn't he basically come out and say JFK yeah, was assassinated by, yeah. by the CIA or whatever? Yeah, he said a guy um, uh, who, you know, an anonymous source who had seen firsthand all the redacted uh, documents basically confirmed it to him. Now, do with that what you will. But... There's a, I mean, you could go down that rabbit hole. There's a lot there. I'll also say the Nixon thing really stinks if you look into it. Like, what was it? I think uh, two of the four people who broke into Watergate were like CIA connected. Just saying there's a lot of shady stuff in the past. But what's really interesting about Donald Trump is that Donald Trump, although I will criticize him for not following through with a lot of his rhetoric that was pretty good on some of this stuff, Donald Trump was the first presidential candidate, or I should say the first successful presidential candidate who won in any of our lifetimes who ran unapologetically in opposition to the deep state. I mean, like he ran saying that like we were lied into war in Iraq, saying that Obama created ISIS, saying all of these things that were kind of true. I mean, Obama certainly funded ISIS. Um, and, And so he made enemies of the deep state in a way that none of these other presidents have. When I, re- I remember watching the uh, debates when Trump told, uh, who did he tell, Jeb Bush or whatever? Mm-hmm. When he was like, your brother lied us into war yep. or something yep. so like it was that. The South Carolina pro- uh, I was like, debates, yeah. whoa! Yeah. But, it was uh, pretty, pretty unreal, that moment of standing in front of South Carolina Republicans at the primary debate and telling the whole crowd that the last Republican president, not like let us into a bad war or something like that, lied us into a war yeah. where a million people died. Like basically saying he he should be, you know, like arrested or whatever. And I remember that day, all the pundits were like, well, he blew it. Yeah. I mean, he really blew it. That ain't going to play in South Carolina. And the next day was the South Carolina primary. Donald Trump took 60% of the vote, and the other 11 split the 40 amongst themselves. Wow. Uh, it's so wow, amazing. Man. Yeah. Well, so uh, so you're, you're now the, a, a, a MAGA Trump supporter all the way now, I hear. I've, I said he should be convicted for war crimes. I'm just saying, get all of them. But he shouldn't be convicted for paying off a hooker and not itemizing it on his taxes. Amazing I mean, that you, the that's only what thing it is. you yeah. get in trouble for is they, bullshit. They're, 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 they're claiming that, uh, this, this is what's funny. Uh, is Imagine you, you uh, Dave, have a carpenter buddy who mm-hmm. is uh, remodeling your garage. And uh, it's an attached garage. So, you know, you want to put like a loft in the second floor of it or something. And uh, he goes to the store and he buys burglar's tools and he robs a jewelry store. And then uh, he sends you a bill for the construction in your garage. And it's just itemized as construction and you pay it. And then one day the feds come to your house and say, you were actually buying him burglar's tools. And you're like, what? Well, you've got a payment here that went right to him. You you were paying him every month. And you were like, yeah, he's a a carpenter in my garage. Like, "Mm, but he bought burglar's tools. That's the Trump indictment. Michael Cohen according to his own lawyers, paid Stormy Daniels of his own volition with no reimbursement out of his own pocket. Donald Trump was paying legal bills to Michael Cohen, and they just decided, Bragg says, eh, he was probably reimbursing him. We just say that. And it's even weaker than, than mm-hmm. uh, your analogy because there's no actual crime committed to it. 
Like it's not a crime to pay someone to not talk about something. Right. Like yeah. to come to an agreement with someone. If I give you this money, you won't talk about NDAs, this. There's no crime. And it's yeah. not a campaign finance violation. The reason why he hasn't been tried federally is because there's already precedent for this with, uh, with John Edwards, where they tried to say that, oh, you paying off your side piece is a campaign finance violation. The problem is that the logic of that is like, oh, it would have hurt your campaign. So therefore, it's a campaign finance, you know, or, or a campaign expense. Side piece. But the... The problem with that is that there's also lots of other non-campaign related reasons why you might want to, like, he might just not want his wife to find out. Right, right, And you can't right. say, you can't say anything that would make you look bad is a campaign expense or any, otherwise anything that makes you look good should be a campaign it's, expense too. Right. You yeah. should be able to charge your campaign for a new convertible because you're like, I look good Did when you, I drive this. It's, it, the whole thing, it makes the no sense at all. Wreck. Yeah. Did you watch Alvin Bagg's uh, press conference? You yeah. got pressed by these reporters saying, you know, your predecessor wouldn't prosecute this. This has been thrown out a couple different times. Why are you moving forward with it? And he didn't really have any answer to that. He was just like, well, at, he's committed crimes, 34 of them, I guess. And like, there was no explanation because there's not one. Yeah, right? he, was, he was asked by a reporter, in order for this to be elevated to a felony, there has to be an underlying crime. What, what is that crime and why didn't you include it? And he goes, the law does not require me mm -hmm. to. Which is not true. The law that he's invoking says you can't, that it's a crime to um, to lie on your business records in service of another crime. So there, it has to be connected to another crime. He's just like trying to play this. Well, he, he's he's arguing it is, but, you just but it doesn't but, say there that I have to tell you what that crime is. Right, right. So the, I mean, it's just so freaking absurd. And then the so Sixth absurd. Amendment basically says we have a right to as a confront our accusers and understand mm -hmm. the charges mm -hmm. and a speedy trial and all that jazz. So uh, you not know. now in Bragg's courtroom. He says not, none for that's you. That's why. I, that, that's why I've just been saying like. I mean, I should have been saying this years ago when they, as you pointed out, framed our democratically elected president as a foreign agent and, and traitor to this country. Uh, perhaps I should have been saying the country ended in 2016. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd go 1913, but sure, wherever you, <laughs> wherever you want to start it, creation of the Federal Reserve. Uh, but I, um, I'll, I'll say that it's even to me, who's like, you know, I'm pretty against this entire establishment and against every inch of the U.S. federal government. I thought I was I was surprised that they crossed the line once he was president. I thought it was a crazy line to cross to frame the presidential candidate, Donald Trump, for treason. But when they actually you had them doing it to the sitting president, uh, even to me, I was like, wow. They're actually going to do this to this guy. And look, they didn't they, they didn't remove him from office. They floated around that idea. And in fact, um, Andrew McCabe, who I believe was the number three at the Justice Department, he talked about this in his 60 Minutes interview where he says before they they uh, suck Robert Mueller on Donald Trump, they all in the Department of Justice in the FBI debated invoking the 25th Amendment. They were like, maybe we could just remove. He like says this. You can go find his words on camera, says this, that they thought about, well, we could just remove him. But instead, we'll just stick this uh, special prosecutor on him and that. And so they didn't, him. they didn't remove him, but they did box him in. And they boxed it. What Donald Trump ran on in 2016 was that we should have detente with Russia, that we should get a along with Russia. We should stop trying to overthrow Bashar al-Assad uh, in Syria. We should work with Russia to fight ISIS there because we both have a mutual in interest there. And why not get along with Russia? Why not move in this direction of being friends? And man, so because they were accusing him of being a Russian agent every day on TV, he could never make a deal with Russia because then that would have been seen as like, oh, look, yep. proof. He clearly is a Russian agent. So then he, Donald Trump, because he's 
not Ron Paul and not the great president he was supposed to be, uh, he went out of his way to prove how anti-Russia he was. So he goes, I'm not a Russian agent. I'll show you right now. I'll tear up the IMF treaty. I'll, I'll send weapons into Ukraine. I'll do everything to show you how much of a hawk I am on Russia. So they, it actually did work in a sense where they boxed him into taking the wrong position. And yep. man, if he had been able to do what he was running on, we wouldn't be in the disaster in Ukraine we are today. There'd be 100,000 people who would still have their lives. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, the upcoming election? Are you going gonna to vote Trump? No. <laughs> uh, think you no. Vote, do you think you'll vote Libertarian? I think there's a strong chance. Th there's I a think, strong yeah. chance that I could vote Liberty. We got to see who uh, the candidate is. Okay. Who do you, you know think what it's I mean? Be? <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many great options. Yeah. <laughs> Vermin no, Supreme. Listen, I mean, yeah, that guy. That guy gets up there. I'm obviously going to vote for him. He's running Libertarian. Oh, he I don't know. Does he's, but no, but he's he, he, running he, around his living room in his he, boxers. He, no, he's, Who knows he, he, what he's, he's doing? He's a Democrat, though. I think he runs. As, he runs as a Democrat. No, he's yeah, been probably. dragging down the Libertarian Party for the past. Nah, like, yeah, those those geez. days are over. It's a new Libertarian Party now. Yeah. So but, who are you guys fielding then? I want to know. Well, we've got a lot of great candidates. I want the Mises. That's, that's a very non-specific answer, Alan, Alan Bragg. That's the most specific I can give you. I don't have I don't to give have you a crime. I don't need to give you a crime. I don't need to tell you anything. Um. But I will say, no, I would, I'm, I'm interested, I, I will say that Donald Trump's rhetoric over the last, say, couple months has been the best he's been since at least 2016. Yeah. That the stuff he's been saying on the Ukraine war has been spot on. Now, that's a big difference between me actually trusting him. He said some good things in 2016, and then he's putting John Bolton as his national security oh. advisor. So that's, it's one thing to say it. Yep. But I will say, man, the other day, uh, when he, he had that uh, speech or whatever where he said he was like the number one enemy for America is not Russia the number one enemy is and I was just so sure he was going to say China and I was already rolling my eyes I was like preemptively rolling my eyes at him saying China and then he went the number one enemy is the deep state yeah. and Washington DC <laughs> and all of this and I just I felt myself standing to clap like, like I fought the go. instinct <laughs> I fought it but I felt myself standing to clap for him so there's a lot better to see him talking like like this than talking about how he saved a million people's I mean, lives because he had he invented the vaccine or whatever. <laughs> look, you I know, agree, you I know agree. that he's like he's definitely gonna be like they're after me, so he's gonna sit there and attack the deep state. And if he wants to go after the bureaucracy more, like for this entire time that he's running, more power to him. Attack them, show you show as much show show you know, as much of the bad stuff they do, make it you know shine as much light as you can. You know, um, I just, you know, he had the chance to do something about it and he didn't. I just so. think he has some fire back right now. Like when he announced in November, I didn't feel it the way that, you know, obviously the iconic escalator moment. And, you know, with East Palestine, with some of his rhetoric, it seems like he has got his momentum back in a way that is truly terrifying to other candidates. You can't really compete with Donald Trump when he is ready to spar with you and it's really made put him in a fighting position of late yeah well look and this fuels some conspiracy theories uh too which i i don't know if there's any truth to any of them but there is no question to me that it really helps donald trump with his base when they raid his home in mar-a-lago and yeah. when they bring these nonsense charges to him because it does again make him kind of like it gives you this narrative that of course as we were saying is based off a lot of truth yeah. that he has been completely targeted, but like he won the election in 2016 and he never got a chance no. to actually yep. be president of the United States. Let me pull up this story from The Hill. GOP rep Thomas Massey endorses DeSantis for 2024. That's it. That's the story. He said America needs a leader who is decisive, 
respects the Constitution, understands policy, puts family first and leads by inspiring. That's why I'm endorsing Ron DeSantis for president. If we make the right choices, America's best days are in front of us. Let's pick a proven energetic leader who can get us there. He continued, let's choose Ron DeSantis for president. That means that Donald Trump is going to knock Representative Thomas Massey down to a fifth rate. <laughs> as well, so to a uh, second rate. I, I've talked uh, ad nauseum about my views on DeSantis. I think he's fantastic. I really do think he's done a great job in Florida. I don't know if I would, uh, at this point right now, vote for him over Trump. I'm curious, Dave, what you think about Massey's endorsement and DeSantis. Well, I mean, look, I... You know, I'm not exactly sure. I, first off, Thomas Massey is the best congressman in the country. 100%. And so just yeah, I give him a lot of credit. And look, Thomas Massey was the one who stood up in real time while the COVID emergency was going on and said, this is insane to just be giving away $2 trillion in corporate bailouts with no type of like vote, no audit of what's going on. And he was completely demonized by, by Donald Trump at the time. Donald Trump really sent all of his sycophants after Massey, which is a horrible thing to do. Massey was 100% right. Right. This is what created not only like really created so much of the instability we have today, but so much of the price inflation that people have been suffering under for the last couple of years was due to these monstrous spending bills in 2020. I so was, I also I was, understand why Massey maybe isn't the biggest fan right. of Donald Trump. I was with Trump on that back during the, uh, the shutdowns. But I think it's fair to say that hindsight is 2020. And I think, you know, my view of it back then was there's videos of people collapsing in the street. We don't know a whole lot. Maybe we just need to stem the bleed of the economic you know, problems now and then try and figure out what's, what's going on. Looking back on all of it, yeah, I think Thomas Massey was completely right. Uh, well, that's it's the best I can do. That, that's fair enough. Um, I, I think that the, the thing is, like, if you understand the nature of how the federal government, uh, like, like bills like this work, you just know it's just it's not as if there's ever any real like, oh, the people are hurting. So we need aid. It's just a race of lobbyists, everyone getting their mm -hmm. little special thing in there. And then you're lucky if the American people get like some crumbs well, on it. But anyway, but I'll just say that I do think, look, it's hard. It's hard to deny that even though he wasn't very good at the very beginning, that what DeSantis did in Florida for, uh, for COVID was just so much better than almost every other governor in the country. I guess Christy Noem is the exception to that. I think she never had any mandates mm -hmm. or lockdowns or anything. But South Dakota is not Florida. And Florida is a much bigger state with an old population. And he really put all of his chips in at a very dangerous time on we're not gonna go totalitarian here in Florida, and it paid off. And so I understand where there's there's a reason why he flipped a purple state into a 20-point red state, Seriously. you know? I mean, it's it's the, you, you have to acknowledge that. And the mass exodus from these blue states into Florida because of his leadership. Yeah. So the question then becomes, DeSantis or Trump? Now, obviously, I know, you know, you're probably a more libertarian guy, but based, like, let, let's, let's isolate this to the GOP primary. Who do you think would be better for the Republicans Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, for the Republicans, and just it's, it's real clear to preface this, it's not again, because I was trying to say this the last time I was on the show, it's not like I'm saying like, the. It, it's like, well, the I'm not making the perfect the enemy of the good. I'm not saying like, I understand Republicans, both uh, 
Trump or DeSantis would be much better than Joe Biden in a lot of ways. My thing is that I think America is going to die. Like, I think this is a patient who's bleeding out. And you're like, well, a Band-Aid is better than not a Band-Aid. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he will still die. We need like a, a like a revolutionary moment here to drastically cut the, the size of well, the scope I, of government. I will say for, uh, from the Repu- what you asked me, from the Republican perspective, as of right now, I got to say, I just don't, I don't really see any metric by which DeSantis is better for the Republicans. Donald Trump has, as I've known when I've that, like, argued with you about my criticisms of Donald Trump, I had a debate with uh, Sticks about this, and I've heard back from a lot of the Trump supporters, and I don't even mean this as a knock on them, but there is a bit of a uh, cult of personality going on there. <laughs> they, if, you're, if DeSantis goes to war with Donald Trump, which it'll have to be, in order for him to like challenge him for the nomination, there I don't think Trump's people will fall in line with DeSantis. I think they're Trump or bust. And I think the only guy the Republican the Republicans have who can actually put that coalition together, whether that's enough to win, I don't know. But, but I think it's Trump. There's probably a lot of moderates who would vote for DeSantis but wouldn't vote for Trump. There's a lot of people might, that won't, for, won't vote, will not vote for Trump. Yeah, there might there might be some. <laughs> I, I mean, that's probably true. You know, the other thing, DeSantis <clears throat> is such a big question mark on his foreign policy. And he was really bad as a congressman on this issue. Well, elab- so, elaborate on that because I've heard people say he was good. Oh, no, I mean, he, well, good if you're like, you know, oh, okay, like kind it. of good <laughs> if you think like George W. Bush had great foreign policy, then sure. But no, he was a, he was a complete hawk in every sense uh, of the word. He was, uh, he was uh, like on board with every one of the military like uh, actions that he could have been while he was in Congress. Now, that doesn't matter so much when you're governor of Florida. And when you're governor of Florida, your COVID policy is like a hell of a lot more important than where you stand on the wars. But when you're the president of the United States, the most important thing is where you stand on the wars. That's the one area where you're like the dictator. This, and so that's that's a big deal. So uh, about a year ago, in reference to your cult of personality thing with people who have argued, about a year ago, I was I was totally on board for DeSantis. And I said, you know, Trump's whining and he won't shut up about yeah. 2020 and I'm not interested. That was rough to listen to. Too. And, 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 and so I'm just like, and then here's DeSantis who's coming and clean up, cleaning up all these messes in, in Florida and doing a great job. Now, over the past several months, I've seen something else. Donald Trump has cleaned up his messaging. He's come out. He's talked about the war machine. He's talked about the deep state, the economy. He's made these videos where he's like, my policy will be to do this thing. And I'm like, these are good. He shows up in East Palestine. He buys everybody McDonald's, which was human and endearing. And I really liked it. But more importantly, he's gotten back to the I will crush the deep state and execute order schedule F. And Ron DeSantis, to me, when th- th- this is important because this was a this is a critical moment for me when they said they wanted to indict Trump and Ron DeSantis two times said, I'm not getting involved in this. I was like, I can't vote for that guy. I think he's great. I think he's great. If I was in Florida, I'd vote for him for governor as president. The guy whose attitude is, I oh, don't look at me. I'm not getting involved is like, are you kidding me, dude? We need Donald Trump to go in and fire everyone. And DeSantis showed me right there, he's more likely to be the guy who goes in and says, how can we work together? Yeah, the FBI needs to be reformed or something like that. You yeah, know? and Trump's going to be like, I want revenge. <laughs> well, he might. I mean, <laughs> that that very likely might be the case. Although Donald Trump has been wronged by people and then worked with them mm. and, and endorsed and supported or even appointed them before. We, so I don't know. I'm not that confident. I will say what really bothered me with the Ron DeSantis thing was that he walked back the somewhat good comments he had made about the war in Ukraine 
Um, I think there's, it's an interesting dynamic here where you have, say, like the Republican Party, the Republican uh, establishment is completely on board with this with this war, this proxy war of choice on the border of the country with the biggest nuclear arsenal in the history of the world, the most insane policy imaginable. And you got Mitch McConnell is wearing like a Ukraine lapel pin. Mitch McConnell said the number one issue, the number one priority as this cr- country is crumbling is that we keep supporting Ukraine. Uh, and so it's, it was kind of interesting to see now Donald Trump's coming out and saying, t- telling the truth, <clears throat> which is that this is we should just be negotiating toward peace right now. This is insane that we're fighting this proxy war. Um, DeSantis kind of came out and kind of said like, well, I don't know if it's exactly a vital that we do this, and then seems to kind of walk those comments back. To me, if there's going to be one compelling case to vote for anybody, uh, it would be who is going to end this insanity, this game of brinksmanship that has brought us closer to nuclear war than at any point at least since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm -hmm. The Libertarian Party. Should any one of their potential candidates, mm-hmm. we'll just put it that way, very, very vaguely, uh, should any one of their candidates become the president, do you think they will execute Schedule F? Schedule F? Yeah, firing all the bureaucrats. I, I think that, yes. I mean, look, the, so, unless so, so, you have, look, a lot of things have to happen in order for that to happen. But let's say if the libertarian candidate for president wins the presidency, then there has already been a major shift in this country, right? Yeah. Like something huge has happened where a whole bunch of people have gone, hey, we're going to completely rethink the way we think about politics right now, and we like this guy who's talking about giving us more of a free country. So nice. there, would be, there would be a tremendous mandate behind that person, unlike any Republican or Democrat could have if they had one, because so many people are just voting for their party. And so, yeah, now I would say, um, of course that's what we would do, You'd probably want to do it in a strategically smart way, you know? I'd I, I, be a little bit concerned about, I wouldn't take any convertible rides through Dallas the day after <laughs> I uh, gave that order. Can, can I just, say? I, I want to make a request to the people who are listening, because I don't have the means to do this, but could somebody take the scene from Star Wars when the Emperor says, order, you know, execute Order 66, and just make it Trump in a cloak? And use the Eleven Labs AI voice deepfake technology to make Trump say "execute schedule F," <laughs> and then just show a whole bunch of bureaucrats being like let out of offices with empty boxes and stuff like that. Well, it'll be. Well, int- plays the very serious dramatic. I just the problem with Trump is at least say the first time he was president, I never saw anything out of him that convinced me that he would actually follow through with something that bold. And every time he flirted around with doing something really bold, he walked it back. Mm. He, all, they, Whoever got in the room with him, whatever they convinced him or lied to him or threatened him or whatever it was, he always said, he hired the absolute best guy that you should hire, who should have been his defense secretary from day one, but he hired Colonel Douglas McGregor, uh, to come in and draw up the plans to end these wars. And he hired him after he lost the election to Joe Biden. So they had just this little lame duck period to work with. So Doug, Colonel Douglas McGregor draws up the, the, um, the order to end the war in Afghanistan and Syria and pull all troops out. Donald Trump signs it. And the next day, he rescinded the offer. He rescinded the order, excuse me. Now, I don't know who got in the room with them. I don't know if he's listening to his idiot uh, friend, Lindsey Graham, or he's listening to his idiot son-in-law. I don't know who it was. But one way or the other, that's what happened. And Donald Trump would say the right things about, like, sometimes on COVID, but he'd never really do it. And I'll also just never forgive him for... uh, 
for keeping Fauci on the job through all of 2020. But, you know, Mocking you, Sweden for not locking down. You know, like, It would just awful. be, I just like the funniest thing ever to me would be if like, there's a dramatic political shift in the next year where people are like, you know, moderates say, I, I just don't want to vote for Trump. Then along comes this more uh, personable, relatable libertarian candidate who's preaching all of these things. That would then, be cool. And then the moment that libertarian gets in office, he starts bombing a bunch of foreign countries. <laughs> Whoa! She goes, guys, and then like people like, like Phil's like, dude, what are you doing? Like you made all these promises. I go, hey dude, you want to be the head of Raytheon? I can, you, I can get you a pretty sweet gig. I go, I don't know, it just looks a lot different from the inside than it looks from like, the outside. Phil's on the show and he's like, I can't believe we are betrayed by this guy. But I'm going to be sitting down and talk with some sense into him. And then the next day, it's like he's wearing a suit. And he was like, you are all wrong about the war. And you hate America. Yeah. yeah. Phil, did you always have diamond contact lenses? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't talk about a new job. But you, there would be signs. There would be signs. Let's, uh, let's jump to this story. Because this one's interesting. We're from uh, the New York Intelligencer, New York Mag. The mystery of North Carolina's Democratic defector. Is that, that that's, that's it, huh? Look at this. Citizen Free Press, North Carolina Democrat Trisha Cotham is now a Republican. Here is the, the clip. Let's see what she has to say. Is the, the audio right? Should be. It's muted on the video. Nope. Oh. There's just no sound coming through. Let's try reloading. Yeah, it should be working. Oh, or there's no sound on the video? Uh, that can't be right. I mean, you from sure what the, I'm seeing here, it should be good. Yeah, I guess there's no sound on yeah. the video. Just play it. I'll lip read. Okay. Uh, she goes, Democrats are totally whack. She said, the modern day Democratic Party has become unrecognizable to me. If you don't do exactly what the Democrats want you to do, they will try to bully you. They will try to cast you aside. Maybe I can just do this. Maybe this will play properly. There is no sound coming out of this thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know you yep, me. We should be here. I blame, uh, I blame Twitter. I, like, I find it pretty funny like you said the beginning. Anyway, she quit. There you go. Yeah, they said their big concerns is that there's going to be abortion restrictions and restrictions on uh, trans and kids. Child sex changes. Which is just such a funny thing to just be like, all right, no more murdering babies. And you're like, we can still chemically castrate them, though, in a few years, right? And like, nope, not either. And like, oh, we can't do anything with these kids, man. All, this is insane. All I want to do is violate TOS. <laughs> you all I you want to do is violate TOS. <laughs> the Republicans won't let us do anything. Oh. But uh, here's what I said about it. Because they got that in Wisconsin, they elected that uh, Supreme Court uh, justice or whatever judge in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess the issue was Gen Z and abortion. And so I just tweeted. I was like, look, man. I've never been this like hardcore staunch pro-life dude. I think there should be some restrictions on abortion. I think re abortion is, is, is bad in most circumstances. There's questions I have from a libertarian perspective. But also from a practical perspective, the end result of Democrat policy is the end of Democrat policy. In 20 years, there will be substantially more conservative kids. If conservatives right now have 10 kids per family, 10 of them, in 20 years, you will have 10 times the voting base. I'm not even, it's not, well, five times because you got man and a woman, you know, and they have 10 kids, so that's two and you get five. So mm -hmm. uh, I recommend it. That's the I, path to victory. I'll never understand why Democrats decided that they were going to campaign on abortion as birth control and therefore an attack on uh, abortion is an attack on birth control. Like, they should have been like, cool, we lost abortion, so now let's really push to have, you know, the pill or condoms or whatever they're trying to get to young people. Like, they could have used this as a moment to win something back. You took 
you took abortions away, and so if you want to prevent us from needing abortions, you should give us right. birth control. But instead, they no, lump they them are. together. They're, they're, well, I mean, they're, they're, they, they're they sell it as one package. They sell it as abor- abortion is a form of birth control, and so therefore we have to regulate them the same way. The, the, well, there's something interesting. However you feel about abortion, um, like whether you're pro-life or pro-choice or whatever, somewhere in between, there's something interesting about it. Abortion, in a lot of ways, kind of underwrites the entire cultural order that modern day liberalism is built off of. Um, even anything like the idea of like, there, there's no difference between the sexes or like hookup culture, kind of like any of this like rejection of traditional, uh, you know, religious and cultural values, all doesn't work if you don't have access to abortion. Because as soon as you don't have access to abortion, it becomes very clear where men and women are different. It becomes very clear what the risks of uh, promiscuity is. Like there's just no like separating yourself from it. And it kind of is this force that pushes you back toward more of a traditional lifestyle. If you are, if you getting drunk and having sex with some random person can result in what you having to carry this baby to term like that is going to be a that is going to be a game changer in kind of like the post 60s sexual revolution interactions between men and women and so i think there's something where it's more than just they believe like you have a right to an abortion it's something where like they understand that this is fundamentally foundational to all of their the the cultural revolution of the 60s continuing because we'll revert right back to traditional norms very quickly mm-hmm. if you don't have this I which is also part of the reason why I, I oppose it <laughs> i don't think that we i don't think that you could you could prevent the the reversion to traditional norms yeah. w- without it like if you can't have you know if you can't have the basically the 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 type of promiscuous sex with no ramifications then the entire progressive order falls apart yeah uh, yeah. Everything from feminism, queer theory, everything just just all falls apart. Yeah, and and like statism, especially the most ugly forms of it, like big powerful governments, always make the family, the community, the church, the yeah. enemy, because these are the things that guard against. They're like hedges on state power. They don't want you to have a strong family unit because then you're le- much less likely to be dependent on the state. They don't want you to be like very connected to your community and your church and because at, then you don't view Barack Obama as a god and at the because risk, he's just a man. You know at what the I risk mean? of like, sounding like a red pill, like one of those manosphere dudes. They don't want dudes that are capable of taking care of their house and taking care of their family and stuff because the more... Yeah, the problem, what's up with those dudes, by the way? By the way, I, I agree with the point you just made, but it's like, what is up with all of these podcasts blowing up where it's like some guy guy winning a debate with like five chicks dressed for the club you well, know what i mean that's one and like, show oh, what do you okay, think about this hilarious. and she's like that, that show's um, hilarious i just yeah, think the... that like relationships and stuff are good and he's like really well do you know the stats on that and you're like wow <laughs> you owned this 20 year old chick in a mini skirt i, I don't understand wonder, that, that guy hey, married hey, like why are we taking you're advice talking from specifically him? about the whatever podcast no i I think he I've was, seen a few of them. I don't know those, who those any of viral them are. Clips. There's some some of them are good clips. I'm just what, the algorithm keeps showing them to me, and I do agree with you. Listen, the problem is that it's like that if you actually want relationship advice about what's going to lead to like a healthy, stable marriage, go to take church. it from people who are in healthy, stable marriages. This is what I've always I've, wondered about. Have you ever heard of? I don't remember what it's called, but like maybe you should talk about that. This, uh, this therapist Esther Perel, who's really big, mm-hmm. and she has some interesting insights. She's a couples counselor, but she's been divorced multiple times. And so every once in a while, like someone will be like, "You should listen to this episode. It's really good." And like, I want to be appreciative of a diverse worldview, right? But 
I don't want to take marriage advice from someone who is not married. Yeah. I feel no, like no, that's no, no, who's basic. been divorced several times. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. I feel like it's it's both ends of the book. Like I've never been married, so therefore I'm probably not the best to hand out marriage advice. I like I think, marriage, I'm for it, but I also think I'm maybe as good as the person who's been divorced. I, I, I there's a, they have this uh, viral clip from a long time ago of me where I mentioned something about like modern feminists make it impossible to date or something, and like of course I'm in a relationship and been for for a while. And like, so they misconstrue the point I'm making. My advice to guys is you are likely not going to find a healthy relationship in a big city, just going to like normal hangouts where people your age go, because millennial women are like 78% Democrat, overwhelmingly. So you're going to find whatever this person's views are, tremendous social pressure in their circles to reject whatever it is you might want to bring to the table. So uh, the simple way to put it is, you might meet a woman who she's very much like want to have a family and have kids. And then you're like, this is someone I can date. And then every person they know and every social media account and everyone who follows them and they follow is screaming, be a CEO and don't have kids. And so they're being pushed in both directions. Yeah. And look, I, I will say, because I didn't mean to like rip on those guys that much. I just think it's like silly to like be debating with these like young <laughs> chicks or whatever. But look, I like I do think there is some there's a reason they exist. They're yeah. like a necessary mm-hmm. pushback well, to the insanity the dating of scene mo- now modern is, feminism. Is, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And and the tr- and it's really funny when you think about it, how much this mentality has destroyed relationships and families in this country, along with a lot of other policies that have made it unaffordable to buy a home or to, you know, like send kids to college and things like this. But there is something to like where you go, look, this whole idea that they're like, well, you know, back in the 50s, women were subservient to their husbands. And you're like, so now they're subservient to their bosses? It doesn't is get that, better. Is that no, better? Did That's you, did you better see? to be like subservient to someone who's not even like raising your kids with did you? you? Did you see the clip from the whatever podcast where the woman says if a, if a guy she wants to date doesn't have a girlfriend or isn't sleeping with other women, she assumes something is wrong with him. Yeah, but but no. again, it's like the the thing that I think might be misleading about some of these shows is that they go and they go, see, that's women. You know what I mean? Well, no, but you're but like, no, no, no. It's like that's clearly the woman you don't want to be in a relationship with. G- agreed. Right. But there's like there are a ton of like really great like women out there who are don't have crazy attitudes like that who will make like really good wives and mothers. It's not impossible to find them. All of, this, this is the flaw in a lot of that like manosphere logic too where like they, they take some things that are somewhat true and then extrapolate that they're like laws where they're like look what women want is a guy who's like tall and is making money and is doing this who's dominant who's all of this like okay yes there's some truth that a lot of those characteristics are attractive to women the truth is that like okay like you could be uh like a tall rich charming guy and all throughout this country there are plumbers whose wives you couldn't pull from them yeah, yeah. They would never in a million years fool around behind their husband's back, no matter what you were, because they're in love with their husband and he get, he makes them happy. And like, Plumbers are all right, though, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> I just meant, I don't know, no, not insulting plumbers. Let's, let's, I, 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 I enjoy their services. So, I got a better one for you. Yeah. There are unemployed street musicians yeah. who are living at home with the women, with, with their wives who are doing heavy lifting, who will not cheat or leave their husbands because yeah. they love him and the relationship. They're super devoted. And this yeah. is, this is I, I'm, I, what I'm saying is, think about a guy who's like, I'm going to make it as a musician, honey. I just need more time. And she's like, no, so, sooner or later, you got to get a job. <laughs> but she still won't leave him or cheat on him, even though he's not successful. 
Yeah. It's like a lot of these stories are like women want a man who's dominating and tells them what to do. And it's like, then, then what about all the dudes who are like losers who have these wives who won't leave them despite the fact they're not succeeding? Mm -hmm. Like love is dynamic. And, essential, and, you know. and the reason I use the example I use was more like, look, I think that relationship probably is more vulnerable. There still are lots sure. of chicks who yeah. like won't like are, are in love with that guy. But I just mean like there's guys who just do the job of like being like, hey, I work every day. I take care of you. I'm a good husband. And they have like loyal wives who like are great to them. And like that's. I'll just say it's it's a really um, it's a great thing to have from my perspective having a really great wife it makes life like so many so much so much better than you could have imagined it would be that I just don't like the idea of anyone talking to young men and like discouraging them to that like that being a possibility from for potentially them. finding yes. like and it's like you can't yeah. no you can't no it is true like take some of that Jordan Peterson advice get yourself together improve yourself make yourself more of the person who will like will attract women to you but, but then Jordan when you Peterson's, do that find a great one but Peterson's different than like the red the, oh yeah no he, he's the best yeah, of he's that the, he's kind the of guy world. That's, yes. it's, it yeah. is self help it, it applies to and also because he's not a kid because he's a guy in a happy marriage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is like duality. I think right now, like we were talking about with abortion, like if you take away some things that we have right now in modern culture. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No there is no reason to pursue high quality people because the family unit doesn't matter. And so therefore, like, what is the point of finding someone high quality that are going to be with long term monogamously through thick and thin kind of thing, yes. right? Like, I find myself thinking a lot of time, like, I wish we would return, return voting rights just to, like, married men who own property. Because if you had to be married and own property and, like, to vote, I feel like our system would be totally different. It's a right? start. It's yeah. a start. Yeah, it's and complicated no, to reapply it today. We get to that part, and then we strip those guys. Yes, the and then we yes. really got something going. Have you, have you seen the family uh, guy joke? Dave's here. <laughs> you see the family guy joke about this, where it's like it was a flashback, and then it's Peter Griffin talking to someone, and he's like, you know, okay, you're free, but you can't vote. He was like, it was like civil war or something, mm -hmm. and then he was like, only white people can vote, except for then he starts naming all of the <laughs> other groups that technically like, and then he's like, you know what? No voting for anybody. Nobody can vote. Like that's <laughs> yeah. where else. Well, look. Ends up. I mean, I will say that I think. Um, look, say. I think if, you'd be the only person out, in this room, or maybe mm, I don't know about Phil, if, but if, like you would be our voting block in this room right and now. And if I was the only person in the country, I tell you, I'd be really on board with this uh, plan. But look, well, look, if you look at say like zoom out, say like the last hundred years, broadly speaking, like go to like Woodrow Wilson's administration oh, oh, to Joe oh. Biden's administration, and you just look at how much bigger the government has gotten, like in all of these increments, right? You have like the creation of the Federal Reserve and the income tax. You have FDRs, uh, the, the New Deal. You have the expansions during World War. One during World War Two, you have a uh, um, you have the Great Society under Lyndon Johnson. You have you know whatever everything from there, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, and all the way through to the present. And you look at how much the culture has like like been degraded. And it's not a coincidence that like as the state expands, your culture gets more destroyed. And if you look at it through every inch of it, right, like through even the creation of say like Social Security. 
It's like, okay, well, without Social Security, what used to be the retirement plan? Well, the retirement plan used to be your kids would take care of you. So you're just like incentivizing people to take really good care of their kids so that their kids then want to take care of them. Before the rise of the welfare state, what was the welfare state? It was your local community. It was your local church. It's like there's all of these incentives to kind of like we build communities for a reason because there's natural incentives for us to all work together and kind of like be interdependent. And then the state comes in at every turn. It like undermines like all of those cultural norms and and like incentivizes you to be dependent on the state. And it's horrible. How, uh, where are the politicians campaigning on just say like ending the income tax? Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable to me that during, I mean, I was screaming at the top of my lungs for as many people who could hear this, but even during the whole, like, uh, uh, during the, all the COVID insanity, they are like, hey, we want to figure out how to get, it's so funny to watch the federal government say, we're trying to figure out how to get aid to the American people who we rob half their income from. Like, how about three years of... That we're pausing the income tax, tax you know, yeah, like yeah. a tax holiday for three no, years, but, but something like that. And and why no one would be, you know, talking about this thing that is the biggest bill for so many families around the country. It's but 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 think about this: they they did the stimulus, the uh, they they did the extended unemployment plus the stimulus because of COVID, and the 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 complaint from a lot of people was that Democrats are basically bribing voters, saying vote for me and I'm going to give you money. Okay, so why don't Republicans be like, we'll get rid of the income tax? Yep. Libertarians, I mean, obviously, but you know, well, conservatives should be campaigning on that. They get every vote. If 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 you came, if Donald Trump came out and said, "Please, you don't like me, I know, but I'm going to abolish taxes on you, so you'll have a lot of free money," then Democrats might be like, "Oh, I hate Trump. I'm going to vote for that guy." Well, mm-hmm. tax cuts do tend to be popular. I think that you know, with the issue that people have with it is that if in order to do something like that. You, people would recognize that there'd have to be drastic cuts in spending along with it because our government just spends so much damn money. And yes. so nobody wants to touch that, including every Repre- uh, every Republican president uh, of my lifetime, Trump including Donald Trump. Trump should do it. Yeah, I look, I agree with you. I, t- Donald Trump. Trump, look, Tr- the, the Trump in- needs to do a campaign video where he's like wearing the cloak and he and then there's like fires behind him and he's like. I am shutting down the Federal Reserve, the income tax, vengeance will be mine. I'd be like, I'm voting for that guy. Well, it's just the most insane. I mean, I, I love, this is a Scott Horton's analogy, not mine. Um, but uh, so shout out to the great Scott Horton. The great. Um, but uh, he always says this, which is just, when you really think about just how insane the income tax and the IRS are, especially in a professed capitalist country. But he would go, imagine the Soviet Union invaded and conquered the United States of America. So we're a free country. And the Soviet Union invades and conquers us. We never had anything like the IRS before. And then they come in and they say, we are creating the USS IRS. Uh, it is now a crime to produce something. It's a crime to make money in this country. And the punishment for the crime is a fee. And the more you produce, the higher your fee goes. And we've repealed the Fifth Amendment. You no longer have a right to not incriminate yourself. You must incriminate yourself every single year to the government who will then assess what this, what, how much you've produced 
and therefore what your punishment should be, how high your fee is, and if you lie when you're incriminating yourself, we will throw you in jail, and if we feel that you, if we decide that you've miscalculated, we'll go back 20 years and just absolutely destroy you. Like, if that was the case, it would be so obvious to all of us what happened. Bro. We went, oh, we were conquered, and now we live under totalitarianism. There was a like, period. That's yet we, our own government does it to us, and people are just kind of like, well, you this is a government department. You want to know why I'm absolutely sure? And it's soon enough, everyone's going to have the Neuralink port on their necks and they'll be plugged into the Matrix or the Metaverse because we all have government mandated identification numbers, multiple of them. Mm -hmm. You get your driver's license or ID, you get an ID number on that card. Yeah. But when you're born, they give you your official government tracking number. Congratulations. Now, that, that like, think about that analogy you gave about the Soviet Union and go back 100 years and people are going to be like... The government's going to do what? Yeah. Track me by number? What? Now it's like everyone has one. It's totally normal. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be normal. This expansion, it just keeps happening. The, the, the likelihood, in my opinion, is, is 100%. Well, the thing about it is, is that like, like uh, parasites tend to eventually kill the host. And I was thinking of maybe a more optimistic metaphor than that. Uh, but there, there, it does seem like something. We're living through something very big right now. And... Empires do collapse, and we do seem to have all of the signs of a collapsing got, I, empire. But I got a better analogy, not parasite, symbiote, like venom. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think it is a much better uh, analogy. Because if you think about it, for those that are, uh, you know, for those that are fans of Spider-Man, you'll probably understand this. Do you, do you know anything about, like, the venom character? No, I don't. The, the, the symbiote attaches to uh, Eddie Brock and then tells him it's going to give him everything he wants, make him powerful, get his revenge, makes him more aggressive and angry. That's literally what happened. The United States had this, this group come in, the Jekyll Island, say, we're going to do this thing. It's going to stabilize your economy. It's going to be so good for you. It's going to make everything better. And then turned the country into a weapon, made it angry and aggressive and imperialist. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Okay. I like that analogy a lot, actually. <laughs> I will say, though, I think, the, um, I think the biggest story in the world right now is um, what just happened over the last couple weeks with uh, uh, Xi going to uh, Russia and working out this mm -hmm. deal with Vladimir Putin. They've got Brazil on board. They've Rich. got India on board. They, br the Chinese have now brokered uh, somewhat of a normalizing uh, normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran. It's like you're seeing like a it, in 1991 after the Soviet Union uh, collapsed, the late um, evil Charles Krautenhammer uh, dubbed it the unipolar moment. Um, it seems like we're witnessing the end of the unipolar moment. Yep. Like we're no longer in an, just an America-dominated world. And it's, it's quite something. It's just like the hubris of all of these war hawks in D.C. That one year into this war in Ukraine, and you're like, ooh, that's not how the plan was supposed to go. Now is it? <laughs> but, uh, Democracy but I, ain't sweeping the region after we overthrew Saddam, is it? But I think Donald Trump saw this. The, one of the reasons he wanted to run, securing our borders, bringing manufacturing back, was because the U.S. unipolar world was destabilizing. And the only way that people like Hillary Clinton and the deep state were able to maintain it was by further spreading thin, expending resources, and it was crumbling. And so Trump is like, we're going to make this country great. We're going to bring back jobs. We're going to secure our borders. We've got to get a control on this because otherwise, if we allow the deep state Biden, Democrat, whoever is, is running the show to keep doing this, we're going to spread so thin, it's just going to snap. And then the United States will be left holding an empty bag. If Donald Trump was the president, we'd have more manufacturing, we'd have a secure border. And then when the unipolar shift happens to a multipolar shift, 
we're still much more self-sufficient and better off. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I got to say, I, I think the world and America would be better off without America being the dominant like hegemon like i don't think that's done any favors for the american people i think that like it's just allowed us to expand our resources and spread them thinner and thinner don't get me wrong it's been really great for raytheon and it's been really great for jp morgan chase and like is it some people, you know, benefited like, from some it. people have benefited the average american i don't believe has um i think that Donald Trump did see America in decline and felt like it was for a lot of very stupid reasons. Like this is what he would say. He's like, well, we're fighting stupid wars and we're making stupid trade deals and yep. we're, you know, and we're like uh, we are flooding with but, immigration. This doesn't make sense. I don't it, think it, he appreciated how much this was directly related to the increase in government spending and the zero interest rates for over a decade that he inherited. The, the, the reason why the deep state was engaging in war and stupid trade deals is to prop up the petrodollar by forcing countries who would try to oppose us yeah. to to uh, Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein. They wanted to get off the dollar. They get wiped out. The reason why we were doing these awful trade deals, the, the simplest example way to understand this is the Pakistani gender studies grant. It was like $12 million <laughs> for gender studies programs in Pakistan. Now, everyone laughs and says it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But the idea is if the U.S. can print the money and give it out, it maintains confidence in that currency. It may weaken it through inflation, but it makes sure those people use it. So you'll get this country, you'll, you'll get Pakistan, getting this money. Of course, that money's not going to gender studies. They're going to steal and they're going to use it for whatever they want. But if you've got a guy who's just given a million dollars, he wants that million dollars to be worth something. So he goes to another guy and the guy says, I don't want U.S. dollars. And he goes, I only trade in U.S. dollars because I'm rich and I got U.S. dollars. Okay, fine. We'll use U.S. dollars. The U.S. does this stuff with bad trade deals, giving money away on purpose and then blowing up anybody who won't use the dollar. Yeah, but that's over. That's over. Well, it's it, it seems like it's the beginning of that of the end for the petrodollar. Now, what exactly that's going to mean, I don't know, they're talking but it's about, big. They're talking about the CBDC starting the the central bank uh, yeah. digital currency in July now. I yeah, there's been a lot right? of talk of this. And, and they're, they're trying to gauge it. And this is why I say like it's the most important issue to like spread awareness about right now so that people go like, listen, under no circumstances do you go for this because what's going on right now, and this is something that happens a lot, is they put these feelers out and they gauge how much resistance there is to this. But like the white pill in all of this is that if there's too much resistance, they will pull back this idea. If you remember, Joe Biden floated out um, national vaccine passports. Yep. And they float this out through like their corporate press outlets and they go, oh, we're talking about this. And then there was a big uproar about it. And then they pulled it back. They go, no, 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 we were never talking we about doing that. We were never talking about that. Obama announced that we were going to invade Syria. There was a huge pushback to it. And he pulled it back. We didn't invade Syria. We only covertly funded ISIS. But that's a story for another day. Uh, but even with uh, like SOPA, if you guys remember the plan, the original plan of regulating SOPA the internet. And HIPAA. Yes, that's right. Uh, they... They floated this out. There was too much resistance and they pulled it back. So like there is actually a lot of power. There's a reason why they try to propagandize people. There's a reason why they use propaganda because they recognize that they actually do have to like have at least a level of tacit support to get these policies through. So like the central bank digital currency is the big one right now to me. Like yeah. oppose that as vocally and as loudly as you can. How so they feel like they have to pull this back because that's unless, game over for us. That's, that's unless, game over. Yeah. unless there's a major crisis. So that, that makes it tougher. Have you seen that Balaji guy predict a couple of weeks ago that Bitcoin would be, I think it was like a month ago now, Bitcoin would hit a million dollars in 90 days? Yeah, yeah. I, I, he I was, heard people talking about that. He was talking about how I think it's like treasury bonds are uh, a, a, a negative asset. 
So the, the interest rates on them is lower than the interest rates by the Fed and the inflation. So they're guaranteed once they mature to be a loss for the banking institutions. These unrealized losses will cause a cascade, which basically destroys these banks. We started seeing glimpses of it with SVB, with uh, what was it, right. Silvergate, mm -hmm. First Republic, and then uh, uh, Sovereign, I think it was. And so if they are planning, and they've mentioned launching the CBDC by July, the only way they can effectively do it is if there is a major crisis. Now right. imagine this, because uh, our, our audience has already heard me mention this, but I'm curious your thoughts. A major bank collapses, like I'm talking like a huge branch, maybe not a regional, something bigger. And then you get a major news break, like Wells Fargo or something, right? Something, I, I, are they still around? I know they had a big problem. Yeah, yep. Yep. So let's say there's a big collapse at like Wells Fargo. And we're talking about millions of people saying, I can't get my money out. Joe Biden comes out and says, my fellow Americans, those who have been impacted by the collapse of these banks, fear not your money is insured and covered. Simply download fedcoin.app and log in using your social security number and all of your currency will have been preserved and converted to the new central bank digital currency, saving your assets. And then people will say, thank you, Joe Biden, as they log in to adopt CBDC. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully we can kind of wake as many people up as possible to what that'll really mean. Yeah, but, but yeah, you're, what, you're what, 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 what is what is a dad do? When one day he's told, if you want to buy groceries, you must use CBDC. Yeah, that's that's a tough choice. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Wait, so you'll probably CBDC, be able yeah. to get. Yes, yeah, the central bank digital currency. Like right? I say, CD. Um, look, uh, what's going on here that is but what I find to be more likely if there's a lot of pushback to this idea of a central bank digital currency is that they're just going to lower interest rates again and kick the can down the road for another few years. I think that's where we're going is back down to 0% interest rates when all of these banks really start failing, which I think is inevitable. And this is kind of like, if you know, if you're familiar with like the uh, Austrian uh, economics, which is the only good economics out there, I really encourage everybody, if you're interested in the topic, to look them up. Um, Basically, the way like the boom bust cycle works is that when you have artificially low interest rates, you build up bubbles. When the rates start inevitably coming up, those bubbles burst. It's basically like this false. It's like price fixing like anything else. When you fix the price of the cost of money, which is all interest rates are is the price of money. When you fix those, you get investments you wouldn't otherwise have. People borrow money when there's very low interest, when they wouldn't have borrowed that money at a high interest rate loan because that makes it profitable. However, once the interest rates start to come up, as is inevitable, then they realize, oh, this project was, was never should have been, uh, you know, like started to begin with. And then you have this whole collapse. All of these banks are completely built now because this insane policy, which is if we survive, historians will write books about how crazy it was that anyone let this happen, that we had from literally from... 2008 through, with slight interruptions, almost through 2021, we had 0% interest rates. There was zero, the Fed fund rate was either zero or, or, or a quarter of a point or something insanely low. And all of these banks have been built off of that at this point. And so like what you're talking about with the interest rates rising and then the, the treasuries becoming completely worthless or even a loss in some cases, that's one aspect of it. There's several. But the a lot of these things, there's still people in adjustable rate mortgages out there. Can they can't afford these interest rates going Oof. up anymore. And just for a little bit of perspective, you know, in for what Volcker had to do under Ronald Reagan to rein in the inflation of the 70s, he brought the Fed fund rate up to 20%. Yep. Okay? Uh, now, can you now, the thing is they weren't 30 trillion dollars in debt. 
back then. We can't do anything like that or it would pop this entire bubble. So we're in a bad spot. Yeah. I say just we got to get it over with, man. That we'd be better off in the long term. This is yeah. another insight of like the Austrian uh, uh, economist that like you're basically you're better off in the long term to feel the pain now and then at least start building from scratch. Yes, yes. But the reason why they're drawing it out, the Titanic has hit the iceberg. They don't want the people on the ship to know because they'll panic. So they are loading up as much fine china into the yes. safety boats. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. And they're yes. going down the safety boat. Everything's fine, everybody. Everybody. Don't worry. We're just going to be over here. And you're like, why are they in the lifeboat and leaving? They're, everybody should, yeah. Everybody that listens to like stuff that's, whether it be libertarians or stuff like you know, center-right, you know, this kind of stuff, everyone know, has known that this has been coming. Like that the U.S. has been giving money away for a decade, that the government is completely irresponsible with the monetary policy. And I don't want to sound like a, like a, you know, insensitive or whatever, but it's like people have been saying buy guns for a decade. People yeah. have been saying like buy ammo, buy food, learn to do things. I mean, Tim's been talking about chickens for five years now, like not for nothing. And, and I understand that there are always people that are co- learning about this stuff and finding out. But like the the people that have been putting this off, like you have literally it's possible that you only have months before there's Can a I, serious credit crisis. And, and I, I, I want to I say this again, because I said this the other day. I said it in my morning show. We make fun of these soy boys, these mm-hmm. Antifa, scrawny, gaunt soy boys who get arrested firebombing buildings. And there are many people who listen to shows like this who are like, well, I can't speak up. I'll, I'll lose my job. And it's just like, how are they the soy boys? Yeah. These far leftists are willing to like destroy everything in the psychotic yeah. rage. Mm-hmm. Call them something else, you know. Yeah, I mean? and like fair- I can I can understand people being a- afraid of risk and all that. I'm just saying like take stock of like where you are at and your ability to stand up to the problems this country is facing and what precautions and actions you've taken to protect yourself and your family before you start casting stones at soy boys. Right. And you can take minor steps to live your values, right? You don't have to confront everyone all the time if you like put your jobs at risk, but like don't continue to consent to everything that happens, right? Like micro changes that are manageable so you are not just giving in. Yeah, at least try to start putting yourself in a position where your job wouldn't be at risk. You know what I mean? Like try to at least start uh, like protecting yourself where like you would be able to speak up about you, what you want. And look, I mean, the fair, the, obviously there's an asymmetry between who they're calling the soy boys on the left and these guys. Like the system is designed to protect those guys right. and the system will come crash down on you. We are really living in anarcho tyranny, as Sam Francis yeah. would have called it. Um, you see, Donald Trump will get arrested because there's so many damn laws on the books that they have a new law they can use against him. But Meanwhile, but, 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 rapists but, and murderers yes, yes. Will, will go free. But hold on. Where is any conservative prosecutor in this country to go after Obama and the Democrats for campaign finance violations? One time, one, one count, one charge, one misdemeanor, anything, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. And Alvin there's, plenty, Bragg, there's plenty there. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff there. Right. And, and Bragg vomits all over himself in, embarrassing, in an embarrassing fashion, but he didn't care. It's like that story I tell where the Taco Bell employed the Black Lives Matter mask on and they said, take it off or you're fired. He goes, then I guess I'm fired. Made a video saying, how dare you? And they rehired him saying, we're sorry. Yeah. Right. Bragg will indict well, Trump on BS 
and conservatives will be like, slow down there, Democrats. Well, you know, this was the the kind of like the most like annoying boomer con like National Review talking point about Donald Trump being impeached is they're like, well, this is just going to lead to like now everyone's going to impeach every president and then the next president will be impeached. It's like, no, there's no political will on the Republican <laughs> side to impeach Joe Biden right now. Right. And the because the reason really is is that they're all in the same club yeah. like they're they're the the globe trotters and the generals they're playing their positions the republicans up there in capitol hill the they're on the same team yeah. they're just they're there to be the generals they're right. there to, to say like we stood up against this and then we got walked over mm-hmm. or whatever so that no that's not actually what's happening the, you know you know this reminds me of it's that simpsons bit where you know, Crush has got a gambling problem. And I think it's Barty's like, you bet against the Globetrotters. And he's like, I thought the generals were due. <laughs> like, true. dude, we keep betting on these Republicans, but they're just there to pretend to oppose Democrats for the most part. There's a small handful that do. Thomas Massey is pretty good. Yeah. Matt, Matt Gates is pretty good. And it's not that they're afraid to use state power. You know, by the way, oh, my God, it bothered me to no end when a few months ago when uh, um, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. I'm blanking on his name. Now. Michael Knowles was on the show and he got into a little bit of an argument with uh, um, with Luke. Uh, but when he was saying, <laughs> which fun. I think is, there's this new kind of like right wing uh, like narrative that which I is really kind of entertaining to me where they go, you know, the problem is that libertarians convinced the Republicans that you can't use the state. And so we decided that, okay, we agreed. Yeah, st- using the government is, uh, I think he said, it's a priori wrong. And so then what happened was the left just took over all of these institutions. And that's kind of a nice story. I, I understand where it would make some right-wingers feel good uh, about the story. But objectively, it's not what happened. It's not at all what happened. What actually happened was that the Republicans, who had the support of all the conservatives in the country, decided to completely abandon any libertarian principle that they had. And they, you know, while libertarians were screaming at them from the top of our lungs that, like, you're creating the Department of Homeland Security. This will be a nightmare. This will be used against American citizens. They were like, no, 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 we're fighting terrorism. And when we told them, don't fight this war in Iraq, they were like, no, 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 we're spreading freedom. And don't pass the Patriot Act and all of these things. They they ignored us. They, they went all in on state power. And now that state power is being used against those people. It's a like horrifically tragic, ironic thing that the voters who supported George W. Bush creating the Department of Homeland Security are now the targets of the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> and then you get Luke. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No details. Talking about how he goes out to rallies and he's got these people who used to be staunch conservatives or neocon being like, you were right about everything. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing is that they'll admit we're right about everything in the past, mm-hmm. but then they also <laughs> won't like, but then as soon as we tell them like what we think they should do now, they go, all right, Walbert, like whatever, you know, and it's like, <laughs> look, dude, even, even when you see the other day when it's like these people like advocating for uh, gun control against transgender people or whatever after this shooting, and then like some libertarian will be like, 
that, you know, they'll make the point that you're like, um, you know, if you advocate that the government can take away your guns because you have a mental illness, they're going to decide that racism is a mental illness pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And anything you say is racist and take away your guns. And then they'll be like, they're already against us. So it do- and you're like, dude, it can get worse. Don't think it can't get Michael worse. Michael Malice but could you imagine, out. Let me just say that if you imagine if the la- if the guy who told you don't create the Department of Homeland Security or you could be the target of it and then you did it and then you're the target of it and they go, hey, don't create this next thing or you could be the target of it and they go, whatever, idiot. Like, yeah, but not, All right. But, but not this time. Yeah, not this time. Michael Malice talks about this. He said that people really don't understand how bad bad could be. Yes. That yeah. there that you've got people on the right saying like, oh, it's so bad right now. It's like, you don't know how bad it is. He's gets. absolutely right. Someone should make him press secretary. There was he a, was absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> so the story uh, I like to tell is my, my Ukrainian friend saying that uh, I was I was when I was in Ukraine covering a lot of these these the, the Euromaidan stuff mm-hmm. started what became the separatist started what became the war, I guess, although it can go back far. Uh, she was telling me that the apartment she was in, like thirty some odd years ago, there were neighbors, they lived next to each other. They were fighting because they're neighbors. So the person in her unit called the police and said, I overheard my neighbor saying anti-government things. And the next day, the apartment was cleaned out and the person was gone. So when, uh, what year was this in? I don't know. It was 70s or something, maybe. Oh, okay. Long time ago. Maybe, maybe earlier. It was a story. It might have been the 50s. She was just saying, like, the, the, these houses were all the communist right, block right, housing. Right. Okay, yeah, And yeah, she yeah. was like, the, the story they passed down is she was like, I live here. There was a person who lived here during the Soviet Union who got mad at a neighbor. And that's what they could just do when they got mad at And all all they they do is they called the cops and said, they were saying things against the party. And the next day they were gone. Everything they owned, gone. Like, Mm -hmm. apartment was empty. Yeah, and and like, right, so it's like, and this is kind of like, I think, part of the message of of Michael Malice's uh, last book, The White Pill, or maybe just kind of like what I took from it. But the, the message is kind of like, look, it can get so bad you know what I mean? Like, it can be so much worse than you can even conceive of. But then it also kind of makes you think, like, look, there are also, like, little signs of things kind of like this that we're doing now. So, hey, let's really make sure we don't go down that path. Because, you know, even when they were encouraging people during COVID, remember, there were reports where it's like, oh, there was this, this hotlines where you could text and mention if someone was having a there gathering are, or something. There are still like, government agencies that tweet out, if you see something, say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And they've been doing it for the past 20 years since the GWAT started. You and know. it's well, it started uh, it after started, like 9-11. Yeah, it it was, was like, hey, if you see a Muslim planting a bomb on a building <laughs> or something, and then it turned into like, now or there's maybe a guy there's three people flag. hanging out. Yeah, right. Like maybe. Or I, maybe. I, I ask people to think of it this way. Uh, you ever see a rabbit? You're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You, imagine why the rabbit must feel, right? Just a tightly wound ball of anxiety. <laughs> Scared the entire time. And sometimes when they're safe. You know, they frolic around, they, they bounce and they do fun bunny things. You see them flop on their side for those that have rabbits. But when I go outside, I see the bunnies. We, a, a better example, actually, is the groundhog. Outside, there's a window right here. Today, when I was recording earlier, I got up to close the window and I saw a groundhog. And when I closed the window, the simple, very, very quiet noise made the thing spaz out and run in random directions. Imagine what that thing must be feeling, right? That's how you will feel if this country goes down that path. Right. You will be sitting in your home, stressed out with bags under your eyes, rocking back and forth, eating a bowl of soup, and then you'll hear a knock on the door and you'll go, <gasps> and then you'll go and you'll answer it and you will pray that it's not the Gestapo, mm-hmm. the Stasi, the police, or the, the, the brown shirts or whoever. And then one day it will be, and that's it. And it just, and it doesn't have to be this way. 
You know, like that's kind of like my biggest like message that it's like it doesn't have to be this way. It didn't have to go this way in the past. There's nothing like predestined about that. I think this is one of the things that like the neo reactionary types get completely wrong where they're like, oh, it was all written in the stars since the Enlightenment that this would follow this and this would follow this. And it's like, no, that's not true. It wasn't written in the stars that the Soviet Union would collapse in 1991. It wasn't written in the stars that like a lot of things that have happened have happened. And there, we could have look, even if something as similar as like as simple as like. Look, if George W. Bush just hadn't won the presidency, which was a very, very close election, there wouldn't have been a war in Iraq. Now, I'm not saying everything would have been better you, under you Al Gore. You think there wouldn't have been? I think Al Gore would not have gone to war in Iraq. That I was something disagree. that that specific group of neoconservatives had a boner for since they wrote <laughs> it. Since they wrote it in the Project for a New American Century, that was not something that like was widely. Now, once it started, a lot of them fell in line with that. But I'm just saying that like there's no reason why we had to go down this path that we've gone down the last 20 years. I'm not saying everything would have been perfect, but we could have done things a lot better, and we could stop now and make the future much better this country still has an unbelievable opportunity if you just think about the fact that like think about the amount of just knowledge we have how much human capital there is just in our knowledge today what the average say like a uh, cardiologist knows that a cardiologist didn't know in 1950. Crazy. Now, short of a, a, a hydrogen bomb going off, that knowledge is not going to be is disappeared. But our engineers know the amount of technology that we have. We have all of these things where we could actually correct course right now and just live in a more peaceful, harmonious world. But it's only going to happen if there's like a mass demand for it. You know, it's crazy. Just as, as an aside, if you went back in time two thousand years with your general knowledge of things that exist today. Without knowing how, a, how an H-bomb is, is made, without knowing how to make an electric motor, if you simply wrote down these things and said electricity, electric motor, it would dramatically increase scientific development for those people by hundreds of years, just simply knowing a thing exists. Because one of the challenges is that for all of us in society, we are mapping things out and discovering things. And then after we discover it, we start experimenting with it. If we skip the discovery phase and say it exists, figure it out, people would rapidly dis rapidly discover these things. If they believed you. Because if you went back That's 2,000 I mean, years course. ago, if they didn't, they'd be like, it just sounds like magic. There's some comedian but who talks about, like, I don't think I could make it. He'd be like, you know, phones, you'll be able to carry one around in your pocket. And they're, they're going to ask him, like, how does that happen? I'm pretty He's sure it's like, uh, Nate Bargatze is who you're... Uh, probably. I, I wish I knew his name. It's such a funny bit. a... a uh, an amazing comedian and yeah. a great person. He does this. Yeah, whole he's got this thing. bit. He goes that he couldn't even convince them. He's he was like, from I, the future. I couldn't tell you. I think it's got something <laughs> goes, to do with satellites. Like, I, I go back in time and do worse because I couldn't. It's explain such a to you. Fun, it's such a funny it's bit so where he'd, be like, he'd have like no follow up. You go like, I think it's satellites, and they're like, What's a satellite? And he's like. <laughs> uh, um, I shouldn't have even brought it up. Uh, such a great bit, hilarious but, comedian Nate Bargatze. But think about think about that because I've talked about it too. Uh, in terms of if we do face a a serious collapse. What is more worrying to me than a nuclear bomb going off, an EMP drone weapon, or even the sun bursting and wiping yeah. out electronics, is economic crisis. Yes, I agree with you. If, if the economy stops, 
then you're not going to have computers, you're not going to have cars, you're not going to have electronics. And it's not because a magical explosion from the sun wiped it out. It's going to be because people aren't working together because the economic machine itself is a powerful system that if you break one peg in it, it can collapse. Yeah. And and this is when really bad things happen, when there's a really bad economy, right? Like if you almost look back at at any like horrible totalitarian movement, it almost always started with like there was a real economic crash. We've got an economic issue going on in the U.S. and we are in a proxy war with the country it's, that has the most nuclear weapons on pl- on the planet and people just go to go about their normal days like that is just the way things are yeah. or that it's okay look there should a, be the mo- it should be the the it, most important thing is is yes. stopping this. So, so, well you but don't want to like have it's this. like a slow boil right like people got eased into the economic turmoil and then they got used to it and then they got used to everyone talking about Ukraine. We had the moment where everyone put up their flags and then it sort of has been happening in the background may, for like a year. How we got here is, yeah, I get it, you're, you're, I mean, you may be right, how we got here is not important just because of the ramifications of something going wrong. Well, the thing is that is this, right? And when you talk about like kind of like the economic, uh, the, the, the prospects of a really terrible economic situation. There's this, uh, by the way, the great book, if anyone wants to read it, called um, The Forgotten Crash of 1921 by James Grant. Really excellent book. So in 1921, a lot of people don't know this, there was a crash that was worse than the stock market crash of 1929, which led to the Great Depression. Um, But at the time, um, the Federal Reserve was created in in 2013. There wasn't much- I'm sorry, 1913. <laughs> there wasn't much of a um, there wasn't much of a um, like a federal regulatory apparatus yet. It hadn't really come in. Um, the government was just kind of like weak compared to form, and th- so basically they did nothing. There was no intervention, and the crash was over within a year. It was a bad year, and then the economy totally recovered, and all of it. So there is this natural cleansing mechanism. Like it, basically, what I'm trying to say is, with all of our modern technology today, if we were to just get the government out of the way, if we were to just let the market work, if we were to just, we could cleanse out all of these problems, and we could be fine. We could very easily negotiate a peace in Ukraine. It is so simple. It's so obvious what needs to happen. It's like, look, um, and and this is a bitter pill for some to swallow, but it's the reality. Crimea is Russia's. It's not going back. Here's the truth. It never really wasn't theirs. It was always theirs. It's basically been there since the 1780s. They allowed Ukraine to have independence if they leased out this naval base. The second that the Ukrainian government, after it was overthrown by a coup that was backed by the West in 2014, they said, you got to get that. Yeah. And we talk more about that. I would love to. But they said they tore up the lease and Vladimir Putin said no. Now, they, they claim Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, invaded Crimea. It, it's true that he sent in some reinforcements. He didn't really invade. They left the base. They walked outside and they went, this is ours now. Right. It was a bloodless coup de main. They As were there it, already. There was, yes. There was, I mean, maybe like four people died or something like that. And it was not even like from the Russians. It was like in some protests and stuff. It's not exactly clear. But this wasn't like some bloody invasion. They just walked out. Most of the people there wanted to be with Russia. It's majority ethnic Russian. And they had their huge base there. That's not going anywhere. The Donbass region... They're probably going to have to be given independence of some sort. West of there should be returned to Ukraine, and it should be demanded that if we guarantee Ukraine will never be a part of NATO, then Vladimir Putin pulls all of his presence back from west of the Donbass region. That offer would end the war tomorrow. 
The pro this is ex literally what the deal was that they had worked out when Boris Johnson went over last year to tell them not the Ukrainians not to agree to this, as was reported by Fiona Hill, not a libertarian dove. Fiona Hill even reported this, right? So we could work that out and the bloodshed could end tomorrow, except you got idiots like Joe Biden and then people in the press like Pierce Morgan going, not one inch. He shouldn't get one inch. Why should he get anything? And it's like, oh, so that we don't keep yeah. tens of thousands of people dying literally for, for the next five years. And so that there's not ultimately a nuclear war. That's why. And because like whether Luhansk is ruled by Kiev or Moscow is not more important than whether we go to nuclear war. I'm sorry, Dave. Whether Luhansk is ruled by Kiev or Moscow is of no matter to me at all. At mm -hmm. all. None. There's, there, you'd struggle well, to, be, to, to find something lower on my list of priorities. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I have, I, having been to the country and meeting people there, I have friends, but they don't live in that region, and many of them <laughs> left the country, sadly. And so it's like, I don't know, like 0.1%. Like, I don't want them to suffer. I feel bad for them, but I don't think about Ukraine in that way. I, I, I'm really worried yeah. about the southern border and our economy. Yeah, and look, by the way, to, just to the point I was making before, it's like all the, the correct answers to all of these problems are actually fairly obvious. The challenge is actually getting the psychopaths who rule us to implement any of them, and I'm not pretending to have an easy answer to any of that. But also just with this Ukraine thing, man, it's like, and it's been funny because I like, uh, you know, I've gotten... So I, when I was on Rogan last time, I, they, they clipped, you know, the segment where I was talking about this. and It went like super viral. So it's been so funny to get like all the pushback from like all the blue checks. I mean, now everyone has a blue check. But before when that and they're getting rid of theirs. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> oh, but at the time, it was before Elon took it over um, and getting all the pushback from all of them. And it's just so hilarious to see where they're all like try to argue like, nah, it, it wasn't America provoking this. This this war has nothing to do with NATO expansion. This war has nothing to do with us overthrowing the government of Ukraine. This war has nothing to do with us flooding in weapons after we uh, installed a pro-Western uh, government to Ukraine. And you're like, dude, I mean, you're just so removed from the reality of what's going on here. And it's not just like things. It's not just like, oh, the wacky libertarians or the crazy anti-war leftists are saying this. Even the people within the national security apparatus knew this. The current CIA director wrote a cable. Do you ever read this, Tim? The nyet means nyet. Uh, so, okay, this is a secret. This was not like a public, like, released document. He, the current uh, Burns, who's the head of the CIA, he was the ambassador to Russia in 2008. And he wrote a memo back to Condoleezza Rice. We only have this memo because Julian Assange dumped it. Okay, it's the only reason we know about this. Yeah. Now, he wrote a memo. This is not what he's telling the public. This is what he's telling his boss, the Secretary of State, just so she knows. And he goes, look, I'm here in Russia. And over the last few years, I got to tell you, the idea of Ukraine entering NATO is the brightest of red lines. And this is not just the brightest of red lines to Putin. He goes, the entire Russian elite, like from the craziest right-wingers to Putin's sharpest liberal critics. He goes, I've yet to meet one person who sees Ukrainian entry into NATO as anything other than a direct challenge to Russia. And he goes on to say that this will be lead to fertile ground. Mm -hmm. He's putting it in diplomatic language. But he it's goes a like, uniting this will be, for them. This will when lead to fertile ground for intervention in Crimea and Ukraine. He tells him, now, three months after that, at the Bucharest summit, NATO announced Ukraine and Crimea will be uh, joining NATO. Can I three months after that, he uh, goes to war with uh, um, with Georgia. I, I'd just like to read something for you sure. real quick. Uh, I'm just going to read this. It says, it says uh, 
Taras Burdenyi is the chief executive officer of Burisma Holdings. <laughs> well, hold on. We'll skip forward a little bit. It says, in 2017, Joseph Koffer Black, former director of the Counterterrorism Center of the CIA in the George W. Bush administration and former ambassador at large for counterterror, was appointed to the board. Yeah. So uh, I like And this is around the same time that he appointed Hunter Biden. To the well, board. The, no, uh, this is uh, what, what right, year right, was yes. this? 2017. Yeah, 2017. So, uh, so and, and you know, Hunter Biden was 2015, maybe uh, 2014, I believe. 14, okay, that 2014. Might be right. Devin Archer. So, so and Hunter Biden were appointed to the board. I bring this up just for one reason. You mentioned all these people who are like, we didn't provoke, we didn't do this. I have not had a single conversation with a liberal in support of Ukraine war who could tell me what Burisma is, what Gazprom is, and what the Qatar Turkey pipeline are. Yeah, no, they have no idea. But listen, and the thing, the deal with Burisma, the reason why they're putting all these people on their boards is essentially, they were essentially like cronies of the Yanukovych government. And by the way, Yanukovych was a real corrupt government. Ukraine's always been a crazy corrupt country. There's like, I don't have the exact numbers of this offhand, but Yanukovych's son was, I think, like the fifth richest person in Ukraine, and he was a dentist. <laughs> like there wasn't even like a plausible reason for now again really we can be dentist. we can be judgmental but nancy pelosi is also worth like a few hundred million dollars and we got a you know we got a fair amount of this stuff going on here too but yanukovych was democratically elected and he, the elections were verified by the eu and like so there's no one's really like claiming that and the the maidan revolution this bloody street putsch was completely backed by the west you can look at a million different angles where it was funded by george soros's website brags about how they were instrumental in organizing the the protest movement uh, of course um victoria newland was going over there on multiple trips just passing out food and water you had mccain and murphy and lindsey graham all these senators meeting them billions of dollars of u.s aid flowing into the country all types of of this like involvement but burisma was in with the yanukovych government so when the u.s backed coup overthrew the yanukovych government they were freaked out and they were like oh no where do we stand now so instead of just bribing the Poroshenko government, they went right to the source. And they go, we'll just put the vice president's kid on our board. We'll hire former CIA guys. We'll get there. So they basically, in, uh, in essence, they protected themselves with the new regime by just bribing who they knew the real boss of the new regime was, which was the USA. I just find all of this to be like, if you track the history of the region, the energy crisis, the energy competition... It's fairly obvious what's going on. And uh, like you pointed out with Crimea, this is Russia's, I believe, their only warm water port. Yes, the, yes. The only uh, year-long warm water yeah. port. Yeah. And it's their access to the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. was basically like, not anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, Russia's only move was going to be, it's Russia now. Yeah, well, and look, there, look, we, almost no one I ever, like, talked to ever disagrees even like the most hardcore libertarian who might like take some uh, position of like well you have to invade us before we can attack you no one thinks it was unreasonable for jack kennedy to say you can't have nuclear missiles on, in cuba pointed at us like you just can't have that that's an act of war as far as we're concerned we have a monroe doctrine right that states that no faraway power can come over here and meddle in our part of the world we would not accept china overthrowing the government of mexico and installing a pro-chinese government nope we will go to war with you over that and like now you're telling me that like 
our Monroe Doctrine extends all the way to Russia's borders, but they're not allowed to have a Monroe Doctrine for the country next to them, for their largest neighbor, to just say that, like, yo, you have... And then, like, people will, will come back at me and they'll be like, well, Vladimir Putin was interfering in Ukraine at the same time America was. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But... America interfering in Mexico is not the same thing as Vladimir Putin interfering in Mexico, yeah. right? And us intervening in Ukraine is not the same thing as Vladimir Putin intervening in Ukraine. It's not just a matter of what's right and wrong. It's just like reality. It's so just if, like, if, you know, if, if you just hypothetically, like, let's say you woke up. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And you're the president. Okay, sure. What's the first thing you would do? The, the first thing I would do would be to uh, announce that we are no longer supporting, uh, that we're no longer backing Ukraine in this proxy war, and that we're demanding negotiations. Whoever, my secretary of state, I'll send Scott Horton uh, over there <laughs> oh, to sit man. down with Sergey Lavrov, work out a deal. That's it. You guys are locked in a room until you've come up with an immediate ceasefire. I kind of feel like it would happen very quickly. It would happen very quickly. Yeah, he'd, um, he'd walk in and be like, we don't want to be involved. And he's like, okay, we're out. Have a nice day. Bye. Yeah, well, that's it. And, and look, like I said before, the outline to the deal is so obvious. It's right there in front of everybody. You know, it's like it's, this is, like, it's just a matter of actually getting people to do it. But that'd be number one. Then I would pardon... Uh, you know, Julian Assange. Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, nice. Ross Ulbricht. Nice. I'd pardon. I'd probably write an executive order that repealed every executive order ever written. Oh, dude, you know, <laughs> it'd be a big, it'd be a big day. You know what I would do? I would, <laughs> you know, the Simpsons scene where he's in the land of chocolate and he's running around and he's like biting <laughs> yeah. everything. That would be me signing pardons. I would, I would, be, I would. So uh, if it were me, I'd basically pardon any nonviolent offense, like yeah. almost any. Non, I, non, like, non-property destruction, non-violent, like anything like just possession like, of a gun, possession right. of drugs, anything like that. Possession, you're free. And as long as they didn't plead down. So mm -hmm. if it's like war on drug stuff and Second Amendment violations, I'm going to be going like, doo, 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 yeah. doo, just signing them to like rubber stamp. 100%. So many unemployed bureaucrats. So <laughs> many unemployed <laughs> bureaucrats. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would be so much fun. Yeah, my hand would fall off from signing all the, the pink slips. <laughs> well, that's what we need. But uh, for now, we'll go to Super Chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com, click the Join Us button, and become a member. You will get access to our uncensored members-only show, which is going live at about 10, 10 p.m. It's less family-friendly, so uh, you've been warned, but it's a lot of fun. And if you, be, if you join the Discord... You can actually submit questions and call into the show. You got to be a member for at least six months or sign up at the $25 level. We do that to try and keep out the crazies and the weirdos who are trying to screw with us. But uh, it's, it's probably the best part of the night, in my opinion. I, lo I love having the call-ins. They're a lot of fun. All right, here we go. Normies get out, say, Bert coin to the moon. Okay. Normies get out. I've been continuing to be our company cult leader. Can I just point out, though, Normies get out's got an American flag beanie. He's been a member for 37 months. 
Yeah. Wow. It shows you how deep this cult goes. Yeah. The, the American, it's a super the American, hostile takeover by Chris Burtman. The American flag beanie is like the ultimate beanie it is. icon, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, it's the highest, highest ranking beanie. Oh so when God. you're a member on the YouTube channel, you get various beanie icons. They're different colors. Some mm. are like, uh, uh, Jason Dixon's got one that's like gold with gems on it. Yeah. All right. Carrie Locke says, glad to see Davy Smith back. Each of your thoughts on RFK Jr. running for president as a Democrat. In my opinion, his voice on the primary stage will have a similar shock factor as, say, Dave Smith in a 2024 presidential run. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, I think it's good. It's about it. I mean, like, I don't know that much about his politics other than the COVID stuff. Um, but, man, yeah, it'd be, like, incredible to have his voice there. And the fact that he's a candidate, like, that his last name is Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And he's not, like, one of the, like... Outskirts of the Kennedys. Yeah. He's not like some like oh, you know, like I'm like a, 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 thir a sixth cousin or something. Like he's a real heir to mm -hmm. the Kennedy legacy. I mean, like yeah, I think that'd be incre incredible. I'm for all this stuff. Like when people float out the idea of Jimmy Dore running, I think that'd be amazing. I think uh, uh, Kennedy Jr. running would be amazing. I think like as many more people like that as you can get in would be great, and maybe even a great libertarian. And uh, antipathy or antipathy says regarding yesterday, lefties being stronger. I disagree. I believe those committing violence are the fodder who have nothing to lose. The left's advantage is promising fools gold to fools. That is true. Someone else super chatted that because we did mention the same topic today. I understand that, that it's easy for them. But I actually also kind of disagree to an extent. I, uh, let me let me ask your thoughts, Dave. Um, do you have a family? I do. Who do you think is more willing to fight for their ideology? Someone with nothing to lose or someone who needs to save the lives of their children? Yeah, well, certainly if, if your family is threatened, I think there's no, no one willing to fight more than that. However, I would say that it's, it's probably true that someone with a family is a little bit more risk averse than yeah. someone without one. And so the, what, the point I'm making is the threat to your children is very yeah. real. To an extreme degree, but it's fifth generational warfare. So people are convinced if I stay low and keep my head down, my kids will be safe. When in fact, you're condemning them. Yeah, that's 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 how I see it. If the far left is willing to go out and firebomb things, they get let go. They're protected and they'll indict a former president. What future is going to be left behind for your kids to be safe? And I mean, so if your plan is to get them to El Salvador, then I'm like, oh, OK, that makes sense. If you were like, look, I can't fight. I have a family. We're moving to El Salvador. Cost of living is cheaper. Everything's dramatically improving. Bitcoin's revolutionizing everything. I'd be like, totally get it. But if you were like, I want to save America because my children are going to live here, I'd be like, well, then why are you just saying I can't do anything? I have kids and mm -hmm. I can't put them at risk. Yeah. And no one's saying you should do what the left's doing. It's not saying you, you should go do fire. Do Don't do that. But like. It's just like, well, what are you doing? Like, do do your best to do something. Like, send a message to Scott Pressler and say, like, what do you need, buddy? Because yes. this guy's been organizing. So, you know, there's one option. Um, but also, I think that simply put, you know what you do? Have more kids. I completely agree with that. And not even just to win in the political future. It's just really great to have kids. Could you imagine if it's like... You know, if you're if you're a guy watching the show and you're like, "Honey, we got to do our part to save the future." So let's go to the room and you know. So let's, let's, let's get Ever to see it. the movie Grease? Do it for our country. Remember that scene yeah. when you're in the bomb shelter? Do it for our country. Yeah. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, "Tim, it's nice to hear you say f them, boycott everything, but we're all becoming a bit more polarized." You know, I'd rather I'd rather it, but do any of you see the slowing down before it hits the big fan? So this was about uh, the Budweiser thing. With uh, they 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 had mm -hmm. Dylan Mulvaney. Now Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney, I guess, is also a brand ambassador for Nike, and I'm just like, 
boycott all of it. You have these these people being like, I own a liquor store and we're getting rid of Bud Light. And I'm like, you got to get rid of all Anheuser-Busch. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If every single person who listened to this show told their friends and every single influential person who has shows who may have who may hear me say this on their show says the same thing. Do not buy anything Anheuser-Busch. It's not just about hurting them in the sales. It's about making them apologize. You want them to get to the point where they say, I'm sorry to you, because that sets a cultural standard. Yeah, and it scares the next guy. Like, it scares the next company from doing something like that, where yep. they go, oh, there's a, there's a real price to be paid for this. You know? And this is the point I'm saying about Soy Boys. When you said, but what are you doing? Yo, people still have Netflix accounts. People still have Disney accounts. People are still buying Bud Light. They're going like, ah, oh, whatever, it's Bud Light, who cares? It's like, that's it. The leftist guy will get fired from Taco Bell because he can't wear his BLM mask. And then Taco Bell caves and apologizes. Yeah. But many of you won't get rid of your Bud Light. And if, if, uh, for, uh, in all fairness, a few years ago, I was like, ah, I don't know. Boycotts are stupid. Now I'm just like, nah, you got to go 10 times harder. You've got to, if you have a liquor store, get rid of anything in Ezra Bush, cancel all your orders and Miller Coors from now on. They're like. And, and, and I'll ask you this, like... Which are indistinguishable, by the way. But, I mean, but I'm also, sure someone will, like, disagree with me on that, but, I like, aren't, aren't all those beers me. just the same I think it's beer? just garbage anyway, yeah. but, like, how many people go to the bar and the, or, or go to a restaurant with their friends and family and order a Bud Light while they're having dinner? Like, some people maybe, but not really. And would you really be upset if it was, like, a High Life instead of a Bud Light? Like, I... You remember back High in... High Life's way in, better like, than Bud. Yeah, like, remember back in Cheers? It's the like, champagne in the show. Beer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, like... But, but you remember... You ever watch Cheers? And they'd all go up and they'd be like, uh, give me a beer, Sam. Mm-hmm. And then Sam would pour him a beer. And no one ever knew what that yeah. beer was, like, what the brand was. It was just, like, bar beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like if you go into a bar... Like, there's... But I, it's, I, there it's, are IPAs and there are Guinness or something that's, like, a different many, thing. Like, but here's how local another. breweries are there? Like, go spend your money there. Like, yeah. look, you don't need to do this. The other thing is, if you stop buying Anheuser-Busch and put all of that money into doubling your Miller Coors purchases, then the next, the next at, at the end of the quarter, Anheuser-Busch will report a massive decline in sales and Miller Coors will announce a major increase in sales. And I think this happened with Netflix. Netflix saw a, ma- like they lost like 2 million subscribers and then it was like serious problems at Netflix and now they're recovering. And I think what happened was they had a bunch of weird, creepy, you know, abusive, child exploitative content. Conservatives in large numbers started canceling. Yeah. They panicked and then started canceling these woke shows. Conservatives started signing back up. Now they're recovering again. You have to vote with your dollars. Yeah. And I've heard people like uh, kind of make the argument that this is all about like kind of ESG, like DIA, uh, DIE stuff. Um and there might be some truth to that, that there's some like financial incentive there, but there's still something to their customers buying their products. Like that's still foundationally what their business is about. Mm-hmm. And if they're losing a huge portion of their customer base, that's going to negatively impact them. And there does it. I, I agree with you, Tim, where like there probably was a time where I was like, yeah, like you like forget these boycotts. It's silly. I don't care about the politics of my you know, I used to say things like which I kind of disagree with. Well, I used to say things like, look, I don't care if I go into my grocery store, whether the, the guy who owns it voted the way I voted or supported the war, like whatever. Let's just, but when there's such a like, like, like there's such a centralized um, attempt to like indoctrinate, to like infiltrate every inch of the culture with this, at a certain point, there's got to be a cost for that. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we can impose some cost 
on something like yep. I don't care. I'm a libertarian. I don't care what adults do. I don't care what you call yourself or how you identify. I don't care. Live your life, man. If you're happier that way, be happier that way. But when there's this entire effort to like indoctrinate children and have this massive push of what is objectively abnormal behavior and trying to make it normal, it's like at a certain point there has to be a cost for that. So like maybe it has got to just be some type of boycott, something. Matthew Rickham says, Tim, why in the ever-living frack did you make a video about alternatives to Bud Light and not even mention Samuel Adams? He's literally a founding father. Who owns Sam Adams? Book. Sam Adams is uh, not a bad beer. But who I owns like it? Sam Adams. I don't know. Uh, is it not New England. Jim Brewer? I'd, I'd like to think the Adams family has kept it in the house. The Boston Beer Co. Boston Beer. Miller Coors is one company, for people to understand. Because I saw someone mention it's Miller and Coors aren't by the same thing. Yeah, it's Miller Coors is one company. Anheuser-Busch is another company and they own a whole bunch of beers so uh sure sam adams i guess but i'm also uh, a bit you know reluctant because for all i know these companies are planning all the these same giant way. corporations mm -hmm. are on board with this stuff right so, so you you, you but basically still, just like you're buy checking local. them by saying don't do this openly right like, i yeah. personally think you should buy local i think you should buy small but if you can't then don't pick the one that's shoving it in your face that they are mocking basically all of your values yeah all right what do we got let's grab some more super chats Ted 2 says airstrike on Alalaki guarantees kill in action. Briefers come to Trump about airstrike on target with kids present says no. Boots on ground instead. Much more judicious. Girl gets caught in crossfire. Airstrike would be worse. Yeah, I understand that. So well, I, that's the, the eight year old girl who is also yeah. an American citizen. However, that Trump strike. That's or the Trump raid. There's a difference. There's a difference in the stories. And I would be open to an inquiry into into both. Absolutely. But in the story of the commando raid, it is alleged by people who were there that this girl died due to the commando raid, whereas with the airstrike, it is not in dispute at all. Well, that's, look, I mean, that that is true, although I do think it's pretty reasonable to assume that what those people were saying was was correct. Um, and the girl, from what I remember of the details, it was pretty gruesome, like bled out and died. It's horrible stuff. This is what war is. It's really, yep. really horrible. Um, but this is why at the beginning I said, let's just even focus for, like, the sake of argument on just the Anwar Alaki strike, because that is admitted that he was the target of this strike. And I'm sorry, if we're to have anything, if we're even going to pretend to be a free society, then if you're an American citizen, you have to be charged with a crime, you get a lawyer, you get a judge, and you get a court this date. Now, by the way, you can try someone who doesn't show up to their own yep. to their trial. You, they could have tried Anwar Awlaki yep. in America and been like, look, he's in Yemen, he's refusing to come back to face trial, the prosecutor can present this evidence, a judge can this say, yep, overwhelming law. evidence, but there's got to be something. This is all law now, though. All the stuff you listed yeah. off there, these are not only, and it's not just law. It's stuff that's supposed to be, you know, protected in the most sacred of pieces of paper in all human history. You yeah. know, like, and, and, and to think that, that it's not just ignored by the government, which makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't the government want to ignore the things that limit them, but ignored by the population, you know, yeah. the people don't care. And when you bring up, hey, Barack Obama killed an American by a drone strike yeah, without, a, without a trial, people look at you like you got a penis yeah, growing out of your head. Well, I think people don't know. <laughs> I think people forget all of it. this. Like, we, we are very aware of what's going on. We tend to follow the news, right? But there are tons of people who don't. And they, so and if they you don't say want... that, they'd be like, you're making that up. That's yeah. fake news. And yeah, they, they don't, they don't even know. know. Look, I've, I've had people still say to me, you go like, you know, they'll be like, what was Obama's biggest scandal? Wearing a tan suit. I can't like, oh my. And you're like, dude, I mean, 
he had a secret kill list. He armed Al Qaeda. <laughs> like he's killed American citizens. He started like five wars. Seven. Like, you're like, well, two of them were going when he came in. But he did. He, he I thought he started to, seven. Well, he he had Iraq and Afghanistan. He he surged in Afghanistan. Um, he started Libya, Syria, Somalia, Yemen, drone campaign in Pakistan. I, you know what? You might be right, Tim. We might be up to it's seven. Just, it's I thought, it, I thought it was seven. Infuriating. And I have friends that are, that like, I have friends that, you know, that are in the music industry and stuff, and it's like, you know, they seven. talk about it. Uh, Afghan, uh, well, okay, no, actually, I didn't think you're right. Didn't start. Didn't start right. Iraq and Afghanistan. Syria, Libya, Yemen, Somalia, and Pakistan were Obama. Those were Obamas. Right, Obama yep. started those completely. And yeah. we talk about Donald Trump as if he was so bad. Like, we, Barack Obama started seven wars. Millions of yeah. people died because five. of his... I think we're clarifying. Five. Yeah, he okay, started so five. five. He, he was fighting over seven. seven wars. He was at war every single day of his administration. And by the way, Trump was that bad. It's just compared to all these other blood-soaked monsters that you can even make an argument that they'll go, at least he didn't start a new one. Now, he yeah, did crazy. continue the he worst of them. He was pulling them back. Well, not really. I mean, look... Again, we kind of went through this last time. If anything, he was like unhandcuffing the military and the civilian, the rate of civilian deaths increased. He always talked about ending them. He always talked about pulling them back. And I will give him credit that he did. Um, he did negotiate the withdrawal from Afghanistan. He was trying and to get our trips Biden's, to Syria as well. Bi yes, he was. And he, he was and being we lied, lied to. to. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but Biden is the one who really bungled the Afghanistan I, withdrawal. But I, I even give Biden credit for at least going through with it because there were generals who wanted to keep the war going. But I, then, of course, he got us right into this proxy war in Ukraine. So all that. I genuinely believe window. that Trump does not want these wars. I, I, I think he doesn't care for them. He doesn't understand them. He doesn't want to be involved. I just think there there's no circumstance where you snap your fingers and they're over. And you look at Afghanistan and what Joe, I think Joe Biden did this intentionally as a, if you make us pull out, this is what you get kind of thing. It's possible or it's possible that people not quite at Biden's level, but like <clears throat> top brass military did that almost right. as a like, you know, like for the same reason. Oh, no, I, I agree with leave. you that I think in Trump's gut, He's like, all these wars are stupid and we shouldn't have fought them. I do agree with that. That seems to be the case. All right. Death Magnet says gun control is treason. Change my mind. Actually, I think I'm the, not gonna, the, the way you I'm frame not. taxes as self-incrimination is, is the most important thing. The idea that you have to incriminate yourself to the government in a potential crime is very interesting. Yeah, it's the reason why there is a Fifth Amendment. It's like that's, yeah. that's a pretty basic function of freedom is that you can't be forced to incriminate yourself. But yeah, I don't think I'm certainly not going to. I don't think anyone here is going to change your mind about that. I kind of feel like most people don't want the income tax. I don't, say, I don't know. No, they say they don't, but then it's... Well, a lot of people want the benefits. I mean, yeah. a lot of people want other people's money, you know? <laughs> All right. Bob Getz says, Dave Smith, you talk a lot, but will you actually come out and meet the people if you run, or will you only do pressers like every other libertarian? Well, I'm, what? what do you mean meet the people? I'm, there's no one more amongst the people than me. I'm a comedian. I'm out constantly. All I do is meet people. I'll, I'm yeah. I I don't even know what that means. Just do pressers. Is that the libertarians did or whatever? I don't even know. Is that what Biden I don't did? even think he that's, campaigned from like yeah, his even, house in Delaware. I don't even think that's true of Look, past it, libertarians. It's the internet. Candidates. Anyone can get on it. Anyone can say stuff. Don't well, worry. but also I will say that it's like look, there is something to be said for the fact that like it's. You know, it's great to meet people, and I'm out all the time and meet. Uh, I love meeting like people who listen to my show and stuff like that. But there is something where we have this like kind of technology age now, where you can do a show like this 
and speak to a much, much larger group of people than you can by just like holding an event with a couple hundred people. Yeah. All right. Uh, John Deslate says, what if Don Trump gets imprisoned and Don Jr. runs on the platform of his father's imprisonment, gets elected, then pardons his father and become, becomes Don Jr.'s VP, then Trump 2028? Uh, well, I'll break it down. Not going to happen. There is the... the <laughs> when does Barron run? Yes. Well, you know about those books, right? Yes. Where, <laughs> yes so as soon there, as he there, gets there tall enough. I actually, there, there, I own it, but I've never read it. So th there is a possibility of like Trump going to prison and Don Jr. running, but you cannot at the federal level pardon someone in prison at the state First, level. Right. That's so right. that's just never going right. to happen. Right, right. Correct. It does. Look, it seems so crazy, the idea that Donald Trump would actually be like convicted of this. But then you are like, it's going to be a New York jury. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, well, they were like, you know, what are the odds you can get one in Staten Island? That's like the conversation I heard Staten yesterday. Staten Island will get him off in a second. <laughs> You're going to have to Staten like, Island. How can Trump will be just fine in yeah. Staten Island. <laughs> All right. What, what is this? Uh, uh, what do we got here? We'll grab some more. Hayden Lewis says, hey, Tim and gang, I just want to give a shout out to Ian for always trying to white pill us. It gives me a small sense of hope that we could fix the U.S. You know, I, you know absolutely. I respect it. I just think it's, it's sometimes it feels like it's coming from a place of um, naivety. You know, yeah, when he says things like we got to pardon Hillary Clinton, I'm like, mm. I don't know about Remember that. For a while it was would like, you would you Dave pardon Hillary Clinton? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I none of the people up at the very top need to be pardoned. Like Fauci should be in prison. Gavin Newsom and Cuomo and like all the lockdown governors should be in prison. All the high level like war criminals should be in prison. Would you put Trump in prison? I sure. If I was putting all of them if in prison, if you could get everybody, I mean, I'm gonna, yeah. let me just say this: I wouldn't just put Donald Trump in prison. Donald Trump should be charged with war crimes and violations of the Constitution and international law. But I say this about every president, like every president of my lifetime. But that being said, I mean, this is all kind of like in fantasy here. But that being said, I think if you want to be white-pilled on moving forward, I do think that there's like there's a certain cutoff line and then other people – like when you're trying to like almost like overthrow a corrupt authoritarian regime and instill a new regime, there does have to be forgiveness – and reconciliation on a mass level. And I, I'm not I, talking I, about I Hillary Clinton. I'm talking about like your neighbor who supported the lockdowns. Right. I'm saying like yeah. regular people who were just really bad on a lot of these things. Like they're, yeah, you're not going to lock all of them can you, up. You can know you what imagine I mean? what the uh, second Reconstruction era is going to look like? You know, like Trump sending federal troops to California, Washington, and Oregon to <laughs> occupy and replace yeah. their governments. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, he didn't do it during the riots. I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. Kyle Bigelow says, Dave, love you, man. Been to two SFs, sent my folks to your show in St. Louis, listened to you and your people for years. What you're talking about is fresh and fit and biological red pilling, exposing feminism of all walks. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was fresh and fit, fresh and fit podcast, too. Wait, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. Follow oh, any right, of that. right, 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 right. Oh, the Manosphere. Yeah, podcast? yeah. You were talking okay. about fresh and fit. But what did you say? He's been yeah. to two SFs. I don't know what that Skank is. Skankfest. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Skankfest. Yes. This That's awesome, your dude. Lingua. That was a, well, I've never heard anyone call it SFs before, but oh. yes. Okay. Got that. And then those were the Manosphere podcast. Yeah, look, nothing against yeah. those guys. I I'm sure like they they all I probably agree with them on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? It's just I'm just going off what clips I see on like the a algorithm lot of it's and stuff. It's just delivery. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of the time you can say these things in a in a a more measured fashion. It's really about the delivery because the 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 content you can deliver in a in a way where you're not going to make 
I just know, don't clips, but the clips are look, the point. I know? probably, I probably like, I've seen, I don't even know enough about him to like really for, have an opinion or formulate one about him. But like, like even like Andrew Tate, I probably agree with a lot of stuff that he says. I just hate promoting pimp shit to young kids. I yeah. hate that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a family man and I don't like just as somebody who's like lived kind of a degenerate lifestyle for years and then settled down and got married and had kids. And I'm like, it's so much better and more meaningful and healthier to like be in this, like in a, in a great marriage. I hate anyone promoting to like young guys who are 22 23 that like you should aspire to be a pimp Legion. it's like it's ugly and where had some debauchery you're kidding no it, at one phase <laughs> at one phase let me ask just can, a short can one, you right? do you feel like you can realize the value of the lifestyle you have right now because you went through that phase in life like i'm not saying people should go through it nah, but like do you think I mean, being able to see the difference i mean yes it's meaningful? more of a contrast for me and so it makes it that much clearer but that being said it's like it's like oh Don't if do you were what like, I did. if you yeah. were like paralyzed from the neck down for like a few months and then you really appreciated the ability to walk i still wouldn't recommend getting paralyzed sure, from the neck sure. down you know what i'm saying so like yeah to me it probably makes the contrast that much much more clear. I still don't recommend any of that. I think it's bad for you. It's bad for your soul. It's bad for society. It's like none of it's good. But young men should aspire to like find a good woman and start a family with them. Like that's what you should be aspiring to do. It's much more important than any of this political stuff that we talk about, which I do love talking about. Clef the Misfit says with the results of the Wisconsin Supreme Court election, the question of Trump versus DeSantis is no longer one of the one of preference. The GOP nominee has to win Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. And guess which three swing states Trump is the most unpopular in? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. John Casey says, didn't Trump ask for $2,000 for Americans and nothing else? And Congress forced the 600 for Americans and millions for Pakistani gender studies? I don't think Trump should have signed it, but I think he wanted to do something. Okay, but he signed it into law. I just, it does irk me just the constant like excuse making for Donald Trump. Look, I'm telling you, he was framed for treason. These charges are complete nonsense. Like he says a lot of good things, but he signed it into law. Like he did. And he had a lot of leverage right there that like, look, Donald Trump, it's just like, just run the counterfactual in your head, right? If all Donald Trump wanted was $2,000 payments for Americans, right? And he didn't want all of the corporate giveaways in there, then Donald Trump could have vetoed that bill written a bill himself that said just one page, $2,000 for all Americans, made a video about it, you know, is Donald Trump, said, I'm sending this bill to Congress. You guys vote for this right now. I'll sign it tonight. But none of these corporate giveaways in there. And, and just created enormous yep. pressure. And instead, he sent all of his people to ragdoll the best congressman, Thomas Massey, for being the one guy to oppose it. So don't give me these, like, constant excuses for, like, this he is, had no choice. He had to, No, he did have a choice. He had all the leverage. And this is what yeah. I say about, like, uh, when Patreon claimed, oh, if we don't ban this guy... MasterCard will stop funding transactions and then everyone gets banned. Yeah. And my response is, I, and, and this actually happened, tell MasterCard that you're going to send 100 million audience members who have lost access to their favorite podcasts to them when that happens. So when all of the biggest and most influential people in the world are asking where their money is, I'll say, I don't know, ask MasterCard. Let's see how you handle that. Let's yeah. see how your shares handle that. There tr there's tremendous leverage. Yeah, you just have to be a little bit creative with this stuff, and you can find solutions to it's, all it's, of this. It's, so a, like, it's, just, but it's like you said, Trump could have done a national address where he said, we are not giving corporations free money. Yeah. The money goes to the American people. If Congress push, puts forward a bill just for the American people, I'll sign it. But if they try and give their corporate buddies and the lobbyists free money, I'm not doing it. 
And then everyone would be rabbling at Congress like, what's wrong with you? It would have been so easy to flip it right back around on them. And again, there's just so many things like this. Like, look, he was friends with Rand Paul, at least to some degree. Like, they went golfing and stuff like that. And like, why couldn't he have just gone to Rand Paul and been like, hey, Rand Paul, you're a doctor, even though he's an eye doctor, but whatever. You're a doctor. Who's a really good epidemiologist? Because I can't have this Fauci guy here all year long. So, like, give me the best one and let's bring him on board. And I'm firing Fauci. Like, he could have done so many things better. And my whole point about this is, like, I'm not just trying to say, like, he has to be perfect before we, we can support him. I'm just saying that recognize that, like, the stakes are so high that, like, this just isn't good enough. Keeping Fauci on the job through all of 2020, that's not good enough. Look at what it caused. We got to like set our standards a little bit higher and not make excuses for these politicians, no matter who they are, your side or the other side. All right. Mandy says 100% a deal is needed to give Crimea to Russia. Putin doesn't want nukes and people who don't know the historical structure of that deal need to shut up. The Ukraine-US expenditures need to be dealt with when we have new leaders. Pretty sure Putin has nukes. Well, I, she, I think she's saying nuke, doesn't Putin doesn't want to use, nuke Doesn't want to use nukes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, of course. Look, no one, people don't, no one wants to use nukes when they know that nukes will be dropped on them if they use them. It's only a move out of desperation. The only in the most desperate circumstances would it happen. But that's what people who are rooting so hard for Vladimir Putin to, to lose and be completely humiliated and on the verge of being overthrown need to think about. You're rooting for the one situation where he might use them. Monster says you should get Dave on with Destiny. So uh, actually, we've been planning the show for a while, and it's just an issue of we are waiting for the new studio to be built. But the idea for the show is to actually have like Dave Smith with Destiny and then have someone moderate and and have that kind of crossfire style show I'd, that used to I'd be I'd love around. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it would be enlightening and very enlightening. Uh, Charlie Kirk says he's always down for, for more shows. We did the mock poster of Vosh and Charlie Kirk when they came on the show and, and debated quite a bit. So I, I debate him. Too. I debate Charlie Kirk. Any of these guys. I love doing stuff like that. So I'm down to like whoever any of these guys are. Absolutely. Happy to, happy to talk to the, him. The issue is we just need the new studio to be built. So we have the space for because right now we've got like Pop Culture Crisis and Timcast IRL. The new studio space is going to have uh, potentially even like three filming locations inside of it. But one large general space that is multi-purpose for a bunch of different shows. So I just want to do Clint Russell's poker show. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for. Poker with to. the boys. I'll debate anyone if you'll book me on poker with the boys. Oh, bro, hands down. I mean, I think poker with the boys could be really unifying. Yeah. In that having people who normally would argue, not talking about overt politics, but having more fr like this. This is a story I told earlier today. This this guy I met at the at the poker tables said he thought the J Sixer should be executed. No joke. But at the same time, as I'm like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. We were laughing and playing this fun game together where there were a few, there was one hand where, you know, he's, he's, he's in hand, I'm not. He loses and he shows, he goes to showdown with ace five offsuit and then he loses. And then he's like, I can't win with this hand. It's just ridiculous. Every single time I get it, as he's saying this, I look down at ace five offsuit and I'm like, oh, this is too good if I win. And then we go to showdown. I, I, go, I, I know I lost and I go, you deserve to win. And I flip it over and he busts out laughing. <laughs> That's the kind of fun thing that brings yeah. people together, despite the fact he said J6er should be executed. So well, like, this is what kind of why I'm like the essence of being a libertarian is hating politics, because it is like if not for politics, we could all just be getting along. You know what I mean? But if it's not for like whose yeah. political opinions are one. By the way, this poker show, is this going to be behind the paywall? No. Oh, this is going to be on YouTube? Uh, Maybe. I was going to say it's going to have to be. 
if it's live, but I, if we I might get your the... channel banned on YouTube. Well, but, but I tend to say things you're not allowed to say on YouTube we'll, we'll, when I'm we'll, playing poker. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, the, the obviously the audience size is going to be for YouTube, but the more fun may be Rumble. So yeah, because we'll then I got to really, you know, if I start losing chips, I'm going to say all types of stuff. Yeah. But all right. <laughs> oh man, allergies are kicking in. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com. Click join us in the menu bar. Become a member and you'll get access to the uncensored members only show going live in about 10 minutes. And if you're a member of for at least six months or at the $25 level, you can actually submit questions and potentially call into the show. We screen it. We have about three or four callers every night. It's a whole lot of fun. So sign up if you want to ask questions or just engage with our community. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Dave, you want to shout anything out? Uh, my podcast, Part of the Problem, uh, Comic Dave Smith on Twitter, uh, ComicDaveSmith.com for all my, my dates and tours and everything like that. Mises Caucus, Libertarian Party, Ron Paul, Mises Institute, all that great stuff. Uh, I'm Hickler Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCastNews on Twitter and Instagram. You can see work from me and you can see work from all of our other journalists, including the one and only Chris Bertman. Yes. If you want to follow me, <laughs> have to shout out to our favorite cult leader. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B and you can follow me on Twitter at HC Brimlow. Thanks so much. Oh, can I just, I'm sorry, one more uh, thing, which isn't for me, but my, uh, my brother, uh, Big J Okerson, who's like the funniest comedian oh, in the great. universe, just he's put famous. out a new hour special today. Uh, no Dog Belly on on YouTube. Go check that out. Really, really great. Wow. Sorry. No way. Sick. Uh, I am Phil Labonte. Uh, Phil that remains on Twitter. Phil that remains official on Instagram, and uh, Phil that remains on YouTube. Yeah. I am definitely gonna watch that uh, Big J Okerson special. I'm a big fan of Big J. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's hilarious. Um, Everyone that's following uh, me on Twitter, I uh, can't believe I have that many followers. It's great. Uh, yeah, at surge.com. See you in the after show. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com or in our Discord server. Thanks for hanging out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.